Okay. I'm number six, and this is the new Prisoners Interviews. And I'm here with Lisa Belanger. Is that how you say it? In this week's That's interview, we will it. be talking about uh, a bunch of different things, uh, about guardianship, uh, the Netflix episode that she was featured on that also got pulled, and then they got sued for it, and all this other stuff. Um, and then we're going to be talking about a little bit, too, about what the people can do uh, these days to look out for themselves and to be proactive themselves, too, in, in terms of law here. But uh, that is her specialty, but she'll introduce herself here a little bit, and then we'll roll right into it. So, Lisa, do you want to say hello to the people? Hey there. So glad to be here uh, because this is such a wonderful opportunity. Um, as we've spoken Number six, mm-hmm. which is so funny to say number I six. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to the meaning of that, I think, maybe later. Oh, yeah, we I can. We certainly can. <laughs> so anyway, so I have been practicing law for over 25 years. Hard to believe. I keep on thinking I'm like 20, but, yeah. you know, I know. I, <laughs> but definitely my, I'm sure my, you know, I look 25 over. The, the Benjamin years. Button law experience, you know. <laughs> So, uh, I became a lawyer uh, following in my father's footsteps. And his little secret, I really didn't want to go into law, but I was guilted into it. <laughs> Anyways, so, uh, boots on the ground for over 25 years in the court cesspools. And basically, what has it all come down to? I am an attorney whistleblower. Yep. Okay. So, uh, I am being retaliated by the Massachusetts Bar for exposing systemic attorney and judge corruption, particularly in the probate and family court realm. So, it's been walking through the fire, number six. Yeah. Well, just to give my audience some perspective here, and I'm sure a lot of you listening to this too, um, you've lost since, uh, long since lost the lament over our government not doing what it's supposed to do. You know, the, the wars aren't for liberty. They're not for our freedom. You know, the, the elections are not free and fair. Uh, the shots are not safe and effective. But when it comes to like just taking care of the people, like a, a lot of us would just assume you get old. You get on Social Security, and the government's just going to take care of you because a, a society that's worth a damn takes care of its elderly. But that is not the case. But here's the thing. Wait a second. Mm. Wait a second. Now, take this, you know, step back a second. Okay. Because yeah. this situation that we're talking about, okay, was supposed to be about preventing the government from being involved whatsoever. <laughs> it was supposed to be about... Uh, you know, stay away, like yeah, yeah, like go like to a vampire. Absolutely. So you, so you have all these uh, create supposedly these uh, documents and written instruments that are supposed to protect you from the government. Wow. So we think. Wow, and that's that's the thing too. Like I think that a lot of things are written and devised with the best of intentions whenever it comes to sort of governing ourselves here. And that what we find with these institutions and these structures, especially the larger that they get, is that those ideas don't really scale up well. That sort of a lot of people that get involved, like having something on the ground level that you're involved in is one thing. And that because you're able to reach out and management, like the, the, the manage it, the way that you and I are able to reach out and talk with one another. But you can't do that with your state representative. You can't do that with the person that's above them. 
you know, so, so like to leave it up to the federal government is even crazy, right? Because you can't even get the, the, the the state that you live in even involved in your life in a meaningful way. So it just, it really does put it in perspective though, with you bringing that up. Um, so like, let's, uh, let's give our audience just a little bit of a background about what you've been through with this topic of battling the courts. Um, and, and just like maybe sort of clue them in as to what happened with your, your father too. Cause I think it is fortuitous. And we talked about this, Lisa, um, when, when we spoke on Twitter, I believe, um, that, you know, things, uh, my mom always used to say things happen for a reason. And I've sort of rebranded that here for the show is there are no coincidences. Well, this, this upcoming Sunday is father's day. And a lot yeah, of us are going to get together with our families. We're going to see our dads. We're going to see our granddads. And I, I want this to be in people's minds when they're there, because I want them to be protected. So let's let, let's yeah. hear what you, what you've been through a little bit, just so people know. So I get well now. You know, now that you say that, it's very apropos, and uh, I feel very blessed that I'm able to be here talking to you um, about this, especially uh, as a tribute to my dad, yeah. given that it's Father's Day mm-hmm. coming up. And uh, may my uh, torch never go out trying to uh, get justice for Marvin and for we the people, because it's not just about justice for Marvin. Uh, What people don't understand, and I'm hoping that they'll uh, somehow be able to get, is that we all do have skin in this game. I think they just don't realize it. And I know every, you know, we all have busy schedules trying to, with the kids and if uh, going to, you know, the sports events with your kids and it's like always on the go uh, and people need to, I guess, maybe slow down a a little bit. Um, So for my dad, uh, he was also an attorney, and uh, as I alluded to before, and uh, that's actually how I <laughs> came onto this path uh, was due to my dad. Now, uh, again, uh, he was actually a prominent attorney, and uh, we, you know, we all thought that he had all the right things in place. I was actually, as an attorney, uh, his uh, his proxy, so to speak, for very, very long time and you would think that having our background that for lack of a better uh phrase or terminology that you would think that would be we would have been untouchable so to speak or uh safe or protected uh and that is far from the truth so i guess uh, maybe the cautionary tale here is if it can happen to attorneys who are you know, know what they're doing. <laughs> if it can happen to us, uh, just imagine what's happening to um, everyday people. Yeah. And, the way it was uh, done the, so brazenly. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Um, <clears throat> just in a nutshell, see, it's always so complicated talking about my my particular case. Well, yeah. in, 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 in a lot, only in the sense of it's so convoluted and people you know when when you get into the the weeds and the details the the eyes go glaze over right because of like it's almost like you can't even believe it sounds very uh fictional so to speak that this ah 
yeah, that that can't possibly happen. But uh, we, I think, many of us know it's all too well that um, what did, what do they say? Uh, truth is stranger than fiction. Well, right? I think after the past several years of people in this audience, you know, that's open to listening to these sort of things, if they haven't realized yet that the government can just step in and tell you what to do, right? They can they can force you into your homes, or they can force you even out of your homes. They can uh, force you out of your job. They can force you to do a bunch of different things that you would think. And I, I watched that Netflix episode that you sent me the link for, the one that was pulled. And at the end of that episode, your client, I believe, John, he's he's crying and he's saying, this is supposed to be America. Yeah. Well, he's still he's still uh, in their claws. Really? And in fact, the very people who uh, who uh, did, in fact, and it's uh, it's a it's a factual two term medically kidnapped my father yeah. and then uh, they did murder him so it's you know that's that's no hyperbole uh seven years um under drugs too that's the thing yeah like it, and drug and you I'll incapacitate you, what, you systemically yes systemically okay and condoned by massachusetts uh ag's office yeah yep that you know it's a it's a people need to understand see the biggest um, cult, well, it's it's such a large net netting. It's like maybe when you go uh, like for the like fishing. fishing, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You got that that wide net. Yeah, you're not just going to catch tuna. You're going to catch you're going to catch turtles and sharks and all kinds of stuff too. Right, and but many different fishing uh, fishing poles, so to speak, uh, okay. <laughs> type of, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, type of tools, right? Yes. Because here's the thing that people need to know. The way that most people get caught into this really predatory system is through uh, people that they trust via like uh, establishments like financial institutions, uh, elder services, this like the state and local uh, the you know these groups like Council of Aging, yeah. people who think that they're there to help them. Well, those are wolves in sheep clothing. And these are very powerful institutions too. Like that, they they, they do not lack they any you, influence. People mostly trust them, right? Yes, they're thinking, wait, they're there to help us. Oh yeah, you go to your bank, you give them your money, you think it's safe there. Yeah, and that, that's supposed to be that's supposed to be the ticket, right? Like you're not supposed to keep it at home or you know keep it in a safe or keep it buried in the backyard. No, you're supposed to walk in and you see that nifty little FDIC uh, deal that they put up in the window, and that's supposed to mean your safety. But then people just sort of they like you said that they assume, so then they stop interacting there. They're just like, all right, well, I signed these estate planning documents stating that my estate's going to go to my family and, you know, this person's going to get, you know, this property and this person's going to get my records and this person's going to get this and that and whatever. But no, that, that's not that's not a foolproof plan because what you're saying is that the the state and other institutions can step in. And regardless, even if they see something there that that is of any value to them or not that they'll still even pick the bones of the people that don't even have much to offer it. That it's oh, just even more so, everything though, gets sucked in. Because that's the bread and butter. Yeah. Because actually what happens, um, the, the, the culling happens a lot with people who get government benefits, like oh, Social Security, yeah. uh, veterans, SSDI, 
Yeah. So, because who's looking into those things too? And who even wants to deal with those organizations? If you've ever dealt with them and had to deal with their rigmarole, their bureaucracy, all the stuff that you have to deal with there, nobody even wants to look at it. So, it's just once it's in that process, I'm sure people are just like, okay, well, that's just how it works. And they just accept it. You know, granddad's stuff just goes into this state fund and whatever. And it, but it's the opening, though, because uh, the people who are who become appointed by the court. Because now think about it: what happens is when people are deemed incapacitated, so forth, and, and considered under guardianship, even though you have families, okay, that person becomes a ward of the state. Yeah, and this happened okay? to your father and, too, right? That, okay, yeah. he had he had millions of dollars. Yeah. How do you become a ward, <laughs> ward of, of the, the state? state. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's absurd. It's absurd. It's just like you take the whoever owns the Boston Red Sox now. It's been a while since I've been in baseball, but it's just like take whoever owns them and just say, okay, they're a ward of the state now. Like the the right. public would scratch their head and go, no, that doesn't make any sense. They have plenty of money. They they should have a family, or at least they have and enough they, money where somebody family. should look after them. Yeah. But just okay, like, why do they need a state intervention? So what they do is they make people wards of the state, even though they have family members who are close to them, and they've saw and they've put together all these elaborate details wow. as to what they want and who they want to be doing what. So what separates um, some people from their families' accrued wealth and fortune and legacy is basically a government rubber stamp. It's just that that that's oh, that's what can do it. That's stamp, what can worse, flip worse it. Worse than a rubber stamp, man. It, it's a no. That this is this is an operation. This is a racketeering enterprise. Wow. Okay. No, the, the, so it's I not mean, just a government program that was like intended to do something, but just sucks at doing it. It's like no. It, this is a this is a legit purposeful. like purposeful meet like meaningful action that they do in order to gain wealth. From the and I proved that wow. it, because in 2015, I filed a federal civil racketeering action that laid out uh, uh, numerous cases. Because if we're going to talk about racketeering, right? Yes. We, I mean, would it be credible if I just said, look, what they did to two people? Oh, yeah, yes. So I, so I put in there about 20, at least 20 cases, I think. Wow. Um, and laid out specifically how they did and what they did in through court documents. All right. So that it's, I mean, it's an actual, uh, it's a syndicate, really. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a purposeful predatory operation. And because I filed the truth, I mean, we're, we're not talking about people having to believe. You know, he said, she said, yeah. we'll talk about documents that are irrefutable. Yes. Okay. I mean, and so therefore it's, it, it's really uh mind, you know, talk about mind boggling. I mean, Judge Allison Burroughs wants to say mind numbing. Mm. <laughs> talk about projection, mind numbing. Yeah. Uh, is the fact that uh, the reason why I'm being retaliated by the Massachusetts bar and, and, and the associated judges um, <clears throat> is for my, my having filed that very civil action. Yeah. So here I am. I'm being persecuted, essentially. They'd like you to think that it's because I 
uh, having to do with my father that I supposedly uh, violated some court order. Uh, again, another non-existent fabricated court order. But in that, that's just like, that's their little hook. In reality, when people look at the actual document, document that they put their formal charges, what they say in writing is that they wanna they they wanna uh, lynch me because I said bad things about attorneys and judges. Uh, wait for it, that are true. Yeah. Well, that- but but don't don't want to give me my due process on top of it. Well, and I'm glad you brought up that term because that's kind of what we uh, talked about before we we started up. Uh, our official conversation here too is just like the lack of due process and things. And I see that happen to people all over. Um, but particularly with some of my friends, like I mentioned, uh, my friend Ryan Luther uh, that's out in Hawaii right now and him and Jessica Priya, shout out to them. But uh, they've been dealing with that too, with just like some of these COVID restrictions is that when it comes down to it, when you look into it, they're not actually laws. So that happens a lot in our system nowadays. It doesn't matter if it's this topic or something related to that or whatever, but just like a lot of people just make the assumption that when they're told by the institutions, when they're told by the government that, yes, this is law or this is the rule that most people accept it as that. But when you look into it, like somebody with a background like yours, of course, too, um, sees right through that and goes, no, this is this is not law. This is not the way it's supposed to work. And then you can also you can see clearly and like I am a lay person uh, to say the least uh, when it comes to this. And just from some of the stuff that you sent me, like I told you, Lisa, before in our conversations too, that, you know, I can see the conflict of interest right away, you know, and just like reading down or scrolling down through those documents, it's like, how does somebody work for both the, like the client, if you will, or like the, the public. And then they also work with these huge health systems and they work with the state altogether. Like, how is that not a conflict of interest if they work with all parties? And especially if the, all, the other two parties have a stake in getting something from their client. Well, I'll tell you what, if, if I'm not, if my case in multiple respects, mm-hmm. all the cases that I've been dealing with was got uh, relative to uh, my persecution yeah. <laughs> Boil down to one thing. Boy, I'll tell you what. Conflicts of interest. Mm-hmm. Let me just say this. Can you get him worse of a conflict of interest? Is that when I show that the actual board members of the Massachusetts bar uh, engaged in criminal activity of pilfering and, and doing uh, 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 medically abusive things to my father? Yeah. That 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 is that is there not a problem that they get to be the very one that 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 bring the charges against me? Yeah. It's such a All right. I mean, we're not talking we're not talking about just peripheral. I'm yeah. talking about direct members. And 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 it's it, it goes my case goes to show that the uh, how deep and wide this systemic uh, cesspool goes. Yeah. I mean, it's across the board. It's not just the lower courts. It's all the way up to it's it's the appellate courts. It's and it's the federal courts, and the superior courts. I mean, it goes so deep. Uh, it, it's it's you know. <laughs> It's like getting caught stealing. You know, like you you caught you caught them red-handed stealing basically (laughs) from people and from your 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 own family. And it's just like for people that sort of think about these things in more of a simple way, 
it's easier to just imagine somebody breaking into an elderly person's home and victimizing them, right? Because they're elderly are targets oftentimes because elderly people, you know, they're, they're not going to put up a fight to a bunch of young, like hooligans that are breaking into a house. You know, if they're armed, they might not be like all that great with a uh, man in the shotgun, you know? So like it, it, elderly people are often targeted. They're cased, you know, by, by criminals. So to have that happen to them, from the government and, and the people around them and the people that they permitted to, to be their guardians, the people that they permitted is one thing. But what you're saying is that this is entirely involuntary too, which takes it to a whole new different moral aspect of this. And let this sink in. Let this sink in. Not only, I love, yes, I mean, it's huge to understand that this is completely like involuntary. You're like, you're like thrusted. You are just like, yeah, it's not like you sign up for a bad reverse mortgage or anything like that. You know, you yeah, saw right? a late night TV commercial and you're like, oh, that seems like a great idea. I'm going to call them. Yeah. But it's just like, that's, that's the thing. It's just like these people didn't even do this voluntarily. They were targeted. And then, but then, but who's the real overlord? Who oh. is the real overlord yeah. who's supposed to protect people from when, from these type of criminals? Well, usually it's the state attorney general's office, yeah, and, you know, and of course you get the, the district attorney's offices in, in the lower, in the uh, like the yeah, the ger- different jurisdictions, whatever. Like but I'm going to tell you something. When I make, uh, <laughs> I can't even tell you how many how many reports I've made to the AG's office. Okay, giving her. Uh, mountains and mountains of evidence of actual crimes being perpetrated by these public officials. And she wants to pretend and ignore me like I don't exist, really. I mean, but here's, but, and then let's take it, if you can believe it, take it one step further. I file a civil action showing the criminal extortion that's going on and all the other criminality. And then, her office actually becomes a defense attorney for the very criminals. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I wish it were a Monty Python movie. It's so, I mean, but, but, I, you know, I, I say, I'm, you know, people might mistake my laughing, adjusting. Uh, you know, if I didn't, wasn't able to uh, show, be able to express it with some, uh, Laughter, for lack of a better yes. word, is uh, gallows uh, humor. We'd be in trouble, right? <laughs> yeah, we'd be of in course. serious trouble if I would not be able to, you know. No, we do that uh, a lot here on the show, and it was actually nice. Like when we we, we both have a mutual friend in in uh, Don Jeffries, and then w- when I had him on, like just talking about something like as sick as the Avalde school shooting, and how upsetting and terrible those thoughts can be, and just like how damaging that is to just like all of our psyches to think about like children not being safe. Right. You know, just in general, just that that's upsetting to most people. I would, I would assume even these days, you know, you think, yeah, but uh, (laughs) when when we were going through this topics, like just Don and I, like we, we had to chuckle just at like the absurdity of it, because like when you encounter it that way, like it could be so infuriating. Like it's, it's hard to even center yourself to be able to be functional or to be able to be effective. Because how do you wrap your head up? See, I, yeah, I find myself often trying to wrap my head around it. How do you it's understand evil intentions or malice? Possible. Yeah. When you're not, especially when you're not those people, like when you don't have those intentions, when you're not a malicious person, when you don't, you know, uh, uh, you know, go out to uh, 
get people off track or sort of lead them in the wrong direction. You know, like that, that seems to be the thing with, with this case, because like when you talk about people in these situations is that, you know, the, the government or the people that deem these people as the wards of the state uh, and all of the underlings there, like you said, when you, when you approach it and when you say, Hey, this is actually causing harm. This is, this is, you know, uh, this is obviously something that's being abused or exploited. What do they do? Oh, they just go and they defend the process. They don't defend us. They don't, they don't, they don't take necessarily what you're saying to account even is that they go on and they try and protect their own, you know, and it it draws a clear line between them and us. Right. And people have this, the public has a misperception and I noticed, you know, being on social media, you know, especially with uh, Twitter and, um, when I'm observing people's thought process and analysis of the situations, people time and time again still think that they, that that there's going to be justice in the courts. They still think that somehow that as if uh, that there's real due process, as if you're really allowed to present evidence. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's like thinking that the WHO is going to have a news conference this upcoming week coming out with what really happened with the release of the coronavirus, yeah, right, right? right? You know, it's just like you're, if you're relying on that institution to just get its act right, just in itself, like, man, I, I kind of feel bad for you that you're still holding out hope at that point. But when you put it that way, though, just like there is still an element, and I think there's still an element in even my own psyche where it's just like, yeah. Like, we'll, we'll just get it to the courts and we'll be able to prove our case because we have all the evidence. But like you said, they don't even acknowledge the evidence. They won't even that, allow it to be evidence. Are you kidding? <laughs> take it, take it. Think about this. Not only do they, when you do provide evidence and so forth, what do they systemically do? Oh, they'll come after you. They actually you. destroy it. Yeah. They, they alter the dockets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or they'll use I mean, it to come after you. Oh, how did you get this oh, evidence? Or how do you know this? So they'll attack your character. They'll attack your intentions. Oh, they'll attack that, how you that, got the evidence modus, even. That's what they do. They modus operandi all the time yeah. is they gaslight. And oh, this true. is why it continues to keep going on is because people are afraid to uh, stand up to, I mean, to the to these professional predators that, because these these professional attorneys they are vicious oh, yeah. i mean i mean people are justifiably scared i mean yeah. you'd have to you know well one doesn't need to look further than james o'keefe getting raided by the fbi for supposedly having the diary of uh, joe biden's daughter you know like to know yeah. that just information like that you know anything that could be upsetting to the establishment is worthy of that type, that level of force and interaction with the people to send government goons with guns to your door. So yeah, mm-hmm. people that are sit like you're talking about being whistleblowers in any case, you know, people that are sitting on information, people that are a part of things right now that they, they don't want to be a part of that are against their, their conscious, that are against their goodwill, that are against their intentions that they entered into those professions with. And this is what I call the incorporation stage of the, the global corporatist oligarchy is that they indoctrinate you first they incorporate you in and they break your soul. And then eventually everything just oh, leads yeah. to death. And, oh, and that's boy. what we're talking about here today, too. Starting is in law school, death. I didn't yeah. even realize it, though, what was happening. Well, yeah, <laughs> to a lot of us, right? Am I, I, I seem to be the only lawyer who's upset with Marbury versus Madison. I'm, uh, yeah. well, <laughs> I bought it hook, line, and sinker myself. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I was... Uh, that was in 1990s, uh, like 1993, I went to law school. And, uh, you know, I just went along, you know, uh, yeah. 
was, uh, I didn't, I don't know. Yeah, maybe uh, at that age, you know. Well, those sort of just, orthodox, you know, opinions and stuff like that, they always creep in. In fact, uh, you know, I've, I've argued it here on the show plenty of times that what we do often in alternative media is simply just reactionary. It's just simply like we, we hear the terms and we hear the stories put forth by the mainstream media and we sort of like accept their premises to argue against their points. But in doing yeah. so, we actually solidify some of their points too, because like pe- people just like, you don't even want to give it um, a- any just do like whenever people right. say something so ridiculous to you, that's so, that's so profoundly uh, un- unreal or, or like not true or just like uh, illogical whenever it comes to some, some court cases, I'm sure uh, some of the decisions that you see these days and uh, oh yeah. And, and and the thing about that too, is that, you know, but people's orthodox opinion is, is that, well, I went to law school and these are what the other law school ites that graduated with me feel. And I'm sure that it's, it's like this in the medical community too. And I'm, and it yeah. definitely bleeds into the creator community that I'm in too. It's just like, everyone's on that one page. So it's just like, people but feel weird about not being all on the same page. But it's worse in the, in the legal profession. Yeah. Cause I'll tell you what I've seen. And, and, the group and think, believe me, the, will, medi- yeah. the medical profession. Okay. If we haven't learned anything uh, about this COVID situation as to. Uh, yeah, you're blessed if you I, haven't learned that lesson really, because you haven't been touched by it in the way that a the, lot of people have, you know. The doctors, I mean, doctors who have stood up for, for truth and reality and uh, doing the right thing. I mean, they've been retaliated. But here's the difference, though, between the legal profession, and, uh, generally speaking, and with that particular thing. I've noticed, though, in the, at least they have a solid group of doctors who have band together. Yeah. Okay. They have a community. They have, they have a community. Yeah. Okay. I have nobody. Well. <laughs> I have nobody in, in the legal profession who is willing to band together with me because, and this is the reason why, uh, the, the court cesspool is is the magnitude it is because people don't realize that their own lawyers are conning them. Yeah. 99% um, they don't even realize that um, lawyers are acting for their own self-interest. They're more concerned about uh, wanting to be, you know, make nicey nice with the judge because, you know, they know that they're going to be seeing the judge again with their next case. That they can, so it's, it's that income stream that yeah. they want to protect. Yeah. And so they're sort of baby uh, in their career. They're not really worried about the outcomes of the case as much right. as long as it benefits them in the way that it that's needs right. to and, serves the purpose. And there are people and, and history, I guess history, you know, people just forget about history because uh, people think that, oh, well, you know, I, I may not be the one doing the real dirty deed, you know, so they think they can assuage themselves or, you know, be able to make believe that they think that they're not doing bad things. Well, yeah. <laughs> but uh, 99% of them damn well know what's going on around them. And by turning a blind eye, okay, they're just as liable. They're just as culpable oh, yeah. as the people who are doing it, and it's be- and this is why it goes on. It keeps going on is because lawyers. Uh, I mean, take a look, take just look at the J six uh, thing that's happening. Uh, I've listened to many hearings yeah. uh, throughout there. There, these attorneys, and we're not talking just uh, public defenders. I mean, we're talking about you know. 
high-powered lawyers that high are powered, high now. High-powered defense attorneys who are who are porkers at that flipping fundraising trough. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Um, when the judges go beyond the pale and say outrageous comments that show their bias, that show they've already drawn conclusions before any evidentiary hearings. Oh, yeah. And the the attorneys are not willing to object or or call it out. And I'm not talking about, you you don't have to be a jackass or be, uh, you don't have to be arrogant. You don't have to, you know. Uh, I'm not talking about being a jerk. Yeah, yeah. But you do have, you, uh, technically speaking, I mean, if we're going to go according to what your your the canons of ethics, you you are supposed to raise the issue. But time and time again, these these lawyers refuse to do so. Even when it is, be- and I'm not just talking about some tit for tat thing. Yeah, okay? yeah. I'm talking about like over, like in your face billboard things, and they just, they just won't do it. Well, when it comes to like situations like that too, like I, th- I think we do see, and a lot of us are starting to see, um, in this country and all all different aspects of it, the overt bias of the establishment. And just when you mentioned the January 6th defendants, too, of just like how they're treated versus others, like on this past uh, podcast, John Henry and I, we talked about um, just the differences in treatment. And John Turley, uh, who got a little bit famous in these circles, too, for uh, being part of the impeachment trials in defense of Trump and stuff like that. But um, <laughs> that's sorry. another. Yeah, uh, you know. But, He's a little bit in the ivory. I mean, listen, I like John Turley yeah, yeah. in terms of nice guy, but guess what? Well, Wet noodle who's in an ivory tower. I'm just saying. I know. Well, the first article we read through, I would definitely apply that. But the second one was mainly for <laughs> reference that I read through on the show, and it was about the uh, New York lawyers that firebombed a cop car. And just like the differences in how the establishment and how the institutions treated those two lawyers that did literal physical violence <laughs> – that could cause death, you know, because being lit on fires, not a good thing, in case anybody out there needed that update. Um, but these people, instead of being charged as terrorists or labeled as that way, you know, for doing terrorist acts, which I think, you know, going out to prove a political point, causing violence that's meant to intimidate people and causes destruction or damage, uh, especially at a massive scale like that. Um, I, I think that that's something that, that, that maybe should fall under some sort of type of terrorism, but no, it's the grandmas that got let into the building. Oh, it, it's the, what, what was uh, Lisa Wait. Gold uh, late, lately too? Was Dr. Lisa Gold, wasn't she just uh, sentenced to oh, uh, uh, for like, what, 60 uh, days? Simone? Simone Gold. Yes. Yeah, sorry. There the, we go. Yeah. You know, and again, I, and again, I, uh, take issue with the uh, defense attorneys. Look, see what happens, okay? Yeah. You know? T- you think that you they'd be on our innocent. side. They're like, oh, they're the defense attorneys for the January 6th people. Then they must just believe in what out. they're doing. They must just believe in the January 6th people. And they must you know, want to defend their rights and defend the Constitution to defend our, our country and our elections. But n- the lawyers, that's not why, that's, that's not why they're there. <laughs> they're there for another purpose, possibly, you know. Well, they just look, look how these look. Just admit to it because it's only a slap here. And look, you don't want to go, oh. you know, because what? Well, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, 
You mean an attorney would actually have to do a real defense? Well, and that and, happens uh, at every level, to... doesn't it? Like it, when you talked about you know how people get uh, indoctrinated and then incorporated into the system for many many young people, a lot of men especially, is that they, they do something stupid and then they're assigned a lawyer because they can't afford one. And that's probably why they're doing stuff that's stupid but, too. Yeah, but, but think about this. Even when you get a private one and you pay um, you know huge loads of money, you can still get screwed. Uh, so which one would you prefer? Uh, exactly. <laughs> would you like to pay a lot of money to get screwed? Yeah, to I'm take these saying. terrible plea deals that, that really benefit nothing but the establishment. Like you, now that now that you're in the system, now that you're you're actually like you're like a hog or like a cow. We're just like you're you're a part of the system where they make money off of you. You're an asset. You're not a person. Uh, you know that those types of things. But think about this though. What what they're actually doing though is even worse though. Oh, as far as a detriment to the collective society. Yeah. Okay. In the sense of you have all these people who are pleading guilty when you know damn well they're innocent. Okay. Yeah. I mean, not all of them. But I mean, no, yeah, please, not all of you know, them. Yeah. I, I don't want people to say, guilty oh, look, parties yeah, out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes, there were people who did things that they shouldn't have done. So try them for what they need to be, you know, yeah. for, for whatever their, you know, the actual offenses were. Okay. Uh, and, and, and at least do that. But uh, uh, I would say uh, the large majority, if I mean, Really, what ninety percent? I would say there were there were a few handful of bad actors, and I would venture to say if any defense attorney worth their salt actually did their flipping job by discovery, okay, and wanted to do real attorney work, would be able to show that that uh, actually uh, was more like uh, infiltration and an actual frame up. Yeah. Well, it's it's tough these days to get people to do their jobs right. We can't get uh, journalists to actually do research and verify things. Like I think uh, I was listening to Tim Pool last night. He was talking about USA Today had to pull 23 stories because they were unverified or fake or false. Like 23 stories? Like, Since when, by the way? Since when do they have to pull stories? I know, exactly. Thing? Yeah, it's usually like they just <laughs> leave them happen? out there to kind of let let them fester and let them affect all of us. But uh, Wait, I'm impressed. They actually pulled stories? Really? Well, yeah. And you can imagine, too, like <laughs> when you uncover something like that, right? Like you uncover the, okay, there was 23 and maybe they, they were somewhat recent. Then you start have to ask in yourself, you know, start asking yourself, how many more were there? And then just like these cases too, like when you, when you talk about the overall effect of these guardianships and like people's dealings in general with the law is that when the justice system fails them and fails them so uh, egregiously, um, that, that, that essentially taints, uh, their psyche, their mindset going forward with like just being part of a collective, being part of our society, being part of something where there is a social contract, where we all behave and act a certain way and respect one another because we know that there'll be a penalty or consequence to the law because of it. You know, if I bust into somebody's house and steal their stuff, something bad's supposed to happen to me, right? But if it doesn't happen, and I'm allowed to do it over and over again. And it's even endorsed by the government and it's endorsed by the media and it's endorsed by your the people in your local politics and your police. And the police are accompanying me into your house to steal your stuff, even in some cases, like with these guardianships. Like it, it just, it erodes all faith. And if you have because no faith they, in truth, where know. are you? You know, you're, you're lost. Uh, 
Okay. Because, and this is why these predators uh, and thugs are able to do what they do is because they are so used to people not standing up for themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, it's yep. the, uh, I think it's the greatest challenge of uh, our generation, Lisa, is, is finding people that are willing to stand up. And I'm glad that you're one of those people. And, and just to look into what you've done and what you've been able to accomplish with doing stuff like that, um, they did feature you pretty prominently on a Netflix episode uh, of Dirty Money that was pulled because there was a um, there was a lawsuit afterwards where some people weren't too happy that people were finding out about this. Go figure, right? But wait, wait, wait! It's worse than that, though. Yeah, we give us some actually, yeah. we actually. Okay, I was a co-defendant. Yes, with Netflix. Go figure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I see that too. I actually and pulled up the we documents were, with your name on them too. Uh, we were scheduled to have a motion hearing. Okay, because I filed mm-hmm. a motion to dismiss, uh, uh, which was joined in with Attorney Richard Chambers, who actually is one of the only. <laughs> the only awesome boys out there. Uh, and he represented uh, as counsel uh, the Boston broadside. And we had a motion to be able to show how frivolous and, and, and I'll, I'll, be, I'll be kind, how frivolous this uh defamatory action was, yeah the emotional okay? damages part i read about was just like oh get over yourself man i'm, yes. I'm a bad guy and they called me a bad guy so i cried oh, about it so give stellar. me money yeah oh he had a st- yeah the little peon had a stellar reputation yeah. on what planet yeah, on what <laughs> so, planet so we had a motion to be scheduled to be heard by the judge well all of a sudden I, I don't know what happened because I wasn't part of any deal making or anything. Because I'm like, I wasn't about to settle. If, if, I mean, if anybody follows me or anything, yeah. <laughs> you know, I ain't settling. No. And all of a sudden, though, the little pissant and his lawyer withdrew. He 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 uh, withdrew the the lawsuit. Wow. He withdrew the lawsuit. And yeah, this is kind of ironic. There were like how many uh, defendants? Uh, like, oh God, 10, you know, but they were basically all the same, you know, Netflix and Dirty Money and whatever, yeah. you know, that that prominent group there. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody else, they dismissed it with prejudice, okay, against those defendants, mm-hmm. okay, which means that uh, they, the plaintiff, they, they were willing to say, we will never go after these people again. Okay, we're dropping it all together. Yeah. For me, they Yeah. They, of course. The one and only, they did it without prejudice. Yeah. <laughs> like like threatening that you're gonna come back after me. Yeah. Well, okay. That's a thing too. Like when people look at you may, maybe someone like yourself, they're thinking, Okay, well, they're not representing this big production company that works with Netflix or anything and these Hollywood directors and writers and screen people and all that stuff. They're just like, Oh, I'm just going to go after little Elisa. She's not going to be, she's going to be a big fight. You know, she's not going to be a tough match. Oh no. Oh my God. I could do a whole show on what happened behind the scenes with Netflix council. It was so flippant pathetic. It was incredible. I I don't know who the hell they thought I was. I don't know. Did they forget? Did they not watch? The documentary 
that they did in which I spoke. Yeah, I see. I mean, did you not? <laughs> they're, they're probably <laughs> too the t- used to watching regular TV where things are mostly smoke and mirrors and may, maybe not uh, your, your kind of stuff. But uh, I even went out and did a little bit of digging myself, Lisa. I'm going to flip over the screen here in case you get confused. But um, so just for our audience to see, I did look up that episode of Guardians, Inc., uh, which was aired on March 11th of 2020. And uh, there's your name right there. Lisa Siegel Bellinger. Yeah, there you, you're you one of the stars of it, too, it says. But yeah. um, I, I found this little oh, article really? just simply. Oh, I'm a star. Yeah. I, oh, man, I'm so glad you did that. I'm going to put that in my next federal fi- filing. Yeah. But <laughs> Look, I'm a star. I'm a star. But, um, and, but I pulled this article. So I was just looking for some context of what happened here with Netflix and everything. And I found oh, this from the Milford the Daily second, News. Though. Yeah, go Let ahead. Let me just step back for one second, yeah. okay? So we had that thing pending, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, they pulled it, right? Mm-hmm. So they dropped the suit. Now, uh, if I did settle, and supposedly uh, there's no record of any settlement per se, okay? Yeah. There's no record that there was a settlement or anything. What the hell happened that Netflix all of a sudden pulled it? Yeah. When you're winning, why on earth? Yeah. Why would, censor? Would you even have the audacity to pull the truth? Because it looks, okay? it makes you look guilty too. It's just like, okay, what? well, you said something guilty, so stop saying it. So the, the, you're just like, all right, so, well, then I'll just keep my mouth shut. Well, it's just like, well, then you're acknowledging, yeah. you're accepting the false premise right. that what you did was wrong. <laughs> it's mind numbing. So backroom deal, Netflix Council, were you doing? Which well, you told me that you had that you had prior cases with Howie. Oh, I probably please, would okay. have been familiar so, with your name and uh, this type of stuff a long time ago from watching that. Had had Netflix had treated its clients yeah. a little bit better over the past couple of years with its political bias and leanings to like so much of what's been going on with Netflix has just been so disturbing from the cuties thing to uh, Dave Chappelle and all, all the other all right. stuff that's been going on with Netflix. A lot of people have just been tuning out. And it's kind of a shame because for a while there, they were one of the best sources for new documentaries to watch. And I, right? I, I'm a big documentary uh, fan. I love watching those Me types too. of things. Me I've too. learned a lot over the years. So just picking up stuff like that, uh, primarily the documentarian, my, my personal favorite, I'd say, um, Adam Curtis from the BBC. I think he's done wonderful things as far as uh, 2016's hypernormalization. I will say it. This show would not exist if it weren't for that documentary. But wow. you know when it when it's um when it's something like this though like when I'm trying to gather context I'll flip back over to this from the Milford mm-hmm. Daily News um, when okay. I read through news articles which I do a lot um, I can tell yeah. if the person and this person Trevor Ballantine um, I can tell whether or not that if they have sort of a bias or not you know with the way they write certain <laughs> things but I wanted to get your quick reacts as I read through this one little article because yeah, I didn't pull much ahead. for this because I, I wanted to give us time to speak but um, let's have some fun yeah. let's have some fun it says a lawyer who represented a need of and this will give our audience some context too about what you see in the press and then what actually mm-hmm. goes on in real life because I have a person here involved in this in real life so we'll see it says a lawyer who represented a need of man uh, featured in an episode of the Netflix investigative series Dirty Money, is suing the online streaming service and nine other defendants in a defamation lawsuit filed in Middlesex District Court last month. It says, released in late, in late March, the episode features interviews oh, with... They made a, wait, 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 yeah. he made a mistake. Okay, it see, was already. Mid- <laughs> Where did no. he make the mistake? 
Middlesex Superior Court. Okay, Superior Court. Okay. And, <laughs> just saying, well, that makes a difference because of the jurisdiction and the power of That's that court. Right, right. Okay. right. It wasn't the little piddly district court. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, then moving on then. So that's that's one strike. Let's see how many we can get sorry, to here. Sorry. Uh, we could strike out the whole team, maybe. Um, so let's let's go with released in late March. The episode features interviews with John Savinovich, an elderly former Needham resident. And now John, I believe, was your client, correct? Um, no. No. Oh, okay. No, that's was... a whole story in of itself. That's a whole other episode oh, okay. as to what uh, John Savinovich. Mm -hmm. Uh, left a voicemail and it's on my website. Yeah, yeah. The court, the courtracket.com. Yes. He, so I didn't know him from a hole in the wall. He knew me though, or he, um, found out about me because of shout out to Lonnie Brennan of the Boston Broadside who did, who did and is continuously doing articles exposing particularly what's happened to me, but many other people as well. Okay. And, uh, John attested in an affidavit and uh and on and on the uh voicemail that he left that he found out about me because of those articles that that were seen in the boston broadside and uh wow, sounds like a person that's incapacitated right to yeah, be able to right? pick up all that information okay. and track you down based on okay. stuff and research that he's done but Sounds like a person it. needs to have all their uh, personal uh, liabilities taken away from them, right? For people <laughs> who were able to see, and which actually they will be able to see too, because it's going to be on my website, because it is a, uh, a public exhibit okay. in, the, in a couple of trials or uh, court actions, okay? Yeah. Uh, that Now, John Savinovich was a major... Uh, he spoke like how like at least a half an hour i think in that in that uh, documentary for himself nobody spoke for him yeah. he was his own best witness and if anybody could say that that he was incapacitated really yeah he wasn't looking like mr magoo up there or anything like that just like just completely unbeknownst right. what's going so, on so when john called me and left that message of course oh my gosh wow. you know um it, it definitely appeared he was of sound mind, and, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, oh, can I save somebody from possibly having to? Uh, oh yeah, could he be saved from getting into into the the cesspool and not be able to get out? Yeah. because once you get in, oh yeah, the quicksand. Almost, I mean, I, I I don't know very many people, if any, that have gone in out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, oh, as one judge said uh, in a uh, court court uh, proceeding uh, ex parte without me knowing, but directed at me. No good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> oh, wow. So, That's lovely to right? hear from... Uh, from right, and I have you. it. It's all on tape. Oh, geez. And um, so, because of what happened to my father, I, 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 I just thought I... How do I know? How do I turn my? How do I turn away and not try and and assist when I know that I have the capability to maybe do something? So yes. I I met with him. Uh, I I went to the court with him. He got his own records. I and I saw uh, that. Wait a minute. This again, the documents all prove that he was being. Uh, Raped over the coals. He was he he was targeted. 
And uh, just interestingly enough, it just happened to uh, involve the same people who were involved in my father's. Uh, oh, yeah. So brought right, up the same see? enemies, yeah. There are right. no coincidences, right? Yeah. There are no coincidences. Yeah. And in fact, he wasn't technically, he, it, did, it appeared from the court file that he wasn't represented mm. by the same predators. However, so because of that, I entered an appearance and did, and did all the formal paperwork, showed the affidavits as to what's happening. And uh, as soon as I did that, Wow, you want to talk? You want to talk about that shit hit the fan? Yeah. But the the mere the mere fact the mere fact that I put my notice of appearance in, whoo! These 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 people. I don't want to call them people. These predators. Uh, yeah. All they they all or- went into into mode there and uh, got all these emergency hearings and uh, made it and actually made it that I was not able to represent. John Savinovich. So they barred you from representing him, basically. Oh, barred from representing him. The, and the mere fact that I tried to represent him, okay, they got, and, and because I showed, because I ended up going on uh, Netflix and that John went on Netflix and so forth, okay? Wow. They're saying the mere fact that I, that I, just entered my appearance and got this whole thing rolling and getting like exposure and the light coming in the day before Judge Phelan retired, they actually got him to sign a fake sham order for over $400,000 saying that I should be paying these predators <laughs> because, because how dare I put my notice of appearance in? <laughs> They try to threaten you with the loss of four hundred thousand dollars. Oh, what do you mean? No, they still are. They still are. My, oh no! They, I get, wait. It's on Twitter. It's on my feed. I gotta get. Did I, oh, did I forget to give you that the extortion letter. Okay. By one of the members of the board of bar overseers, by the way. Yeah. Who was in my who? Who was in the November twelfth hearing? Oh. They that 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 uh, that they were afraid to to show their face. Are you kidding? Me? They say, and so in the letter it says, uh, uh, "You're supposedly I'm in contempt of not paying them this this rigged order that's not even that's that doesn't even have a leg to stand on because they put it in a case that I'm not even a party in." Oh yeah, I mean some of the stuff that you sent me about the, the way that they've dealt with your documents, the way that they so declare they said, certain so they things. Outright, but this so is so they outright said madness. because you know that 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 the people who are involved are in the same thing with my father's estate. They said assign over your inheritance and we'll leave you alone. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, just give up all your worldly possessions and we'll excuse me. We'll stop victimizing you. F, how the f do you know about my inheritance, you schmucks? Yeah, how do you know you about it that? Put in writing. Mm-hmm. And what? And here we go. These judges, these federal court judges, just pretend. And let's not forget AG, AG Maura Haley, who thinks she's going to become governor oh, in no. Massachusetts. Yeah, I saw that the other day because I, I, I noticed that you had mentioned sorry. her. So I'm just like, I'm okay, sorry. what's going on with this? And then I looked in a little bit of that. I'm like, oh, oh, of course. Of course, these people are elevated to that level because, you know, if 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 what we're talking about, right, and let, let's just let's just take it for granted that this is all happening the way as you're describing it, right? That of course 
that the people involved in this racket would be elevated up to that level of, like, say, governor, because whom do they need to protect them? With a system that's that corrupt and a racket that's that great and involves that much money and has that scope of influence where it can affect everybody, every family. It's not even just the future. It's not even just who the the piece of work who wants to be a uh, future governor. The very governor that's in now Um, has been involved since day one. Of course, man. <laughs> oh my God! Well, sorry, that's how I'm we sorry. have to laugh. Mean, no, we have to. I didn't mean. To, <laughs> I didn't mean to take you down a rabbit hole. I'm sorry. No, that's I what we do here. This is our specialty. Um, but let, let's um, let's actually flip back over real quick though, because yep, I, I'm yep, loving yep. this because this is this is <laughs> what sorry. I try and tell people in my life all the time. I was just well, I read a news article and it said this, and I'm like, I don't think that you have the full context. Because like there right. just seems to be things that are left out a lot, and for people like myself, they're like, okay, there it is. There's the thing that's left out. There's the thing that's that's sort of wrong. So we kind of know not to trust it. But for someone that's on the inside like this, it's it's, it's fascinating to be able to hear your perspective from it. And you can add so much more uh, depth with this too. But it says um, after that, it says an elderly former Needham resident who alleges the local attorneys he hired in 2015 used the conservative, uh, I'm sorry, conservative tour ship system in Massachusetts to steward the sale of six rundown properties he owned. And even that, even calling it that. Like I saw then, on the thing, run down. Steward? Yeah. I'm sorry, wait, steward. Yes. Um, that's kind of like a, uh, you, is that some kind of euphemism? Like that's almost like, a, that's a positive thing. What do you mean steward? No, yes. it was a criminal activity, steward by ass. Yeah, so you can see the bias and just like the, the language steward. that's used within this too. Um, but it says, yeah, after that, it says the six run on property. So the reader that doesn't Let's, know anything automatically thinks that this person is running rundown to stuff. The sale of six. I'm going to tell you something that is so perverted because no, he hired those attorneys so he could keep his properties. Yeah. And it also says episode nine of the se- uh, second season is titled Guardians Inc. And the oh, description wait, of wait, Netflix wait, says, wait. Excuse okay. me. No, you're okay. Excuse me. Yeah. Episode five. Okay. Yeah, so you just even have the right. This Let me scroll back up. Trevor Ballantine. This is, this is submitted or written September 27th of 2020. Trevor Ballantine, if you're still working for the Milford Daily News there, man, I hope your editor has uh, had a talking with you about just effing up all of these details, man. How? All right. But it says, of the second season entitled Guardians, we can't even get the episode right. And the description on Netflix says, the rampant abuse of laws meant to protect the elderly has left many seniors penniless, powerless, and isolated from their families. Go on. I'm sorry. No, you're okay. Let's flip back over. Uh, they couldn't even get the title right. I think it was Guardian Inc. Yes. Not Guardians. Not Guardians. So he even pluralized <laughs> it when it and shouldn't have been. It's not either, by the way. <laughs> but whatever. I'm sorry. I couldn't help myself. No, it's okay. Okay. So wait, wait. Read it again because I, I interrupted you. Uh, no, I don't so, even know where our strike counter is for just this one article. <laughs> <laughs> the rampant abuse of laws meant to protect the elderly has left many seniors penniless, powerless, and isolated from their families. Yes. Okay. Now it says too in the article on August 18th, lawyers representing Nicholas Louisa, uh, one of the attorneys Savinovich uh, hired, filed a 38-page complaint claiming the episode defamed Louisa's reputation by presenting a false narrative that left out key circumstances related to the real estate transactions and legal proceedings highlighted in the Netflix documentary. 
Um, along with the charge of defamation, Luis's complaint says the release of the Netflix episode in March constituted intentional and negligent infliction of emotional distress. It hurt oh, yeah. the fees of this person. And it says the suit claims that as a result of the episode, Luisa has been targeted. Oh, I'm now, now I'm being bullied online. Now, now, now I'm being threatened. Now I mean, yeah, it's always yeah, the right. case of the people that do wrong in our society. It's just like, oh, now I'm the victim. They have to flip it around, don't they? You know what's very, you know what's ironic? What's that? Is that in that episode, that, that, that documentary, mm-hmm. He was a small, he was hardly even mentioned. It was more so. Yeah, I don't remember seeing a lot of them in, he, at all. He was, it was more so, so his uh, boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like who, the setup the to way, how this the works way, that they mentioned him, I think. His big boss, who, uh, by the way, didn't join his lawsuit. Imagine that. Oh, yeah. So you can't even back him but up wait, on it. <laughs> even better than that, he threatened it. He was part of the initial demand letter and decided not and and so he was he he threatened it by both so okay. but interestingly enough uh mr big boss decided he wasn't going to go forward on it yeah he probably looked into the Gee. details of all of it and was just like i ain't touching this at all yeah. <laughs> maybe a the smart move guy, there boss the one guy, i was going to say obviously he has a lot more smarts than the rest of them yeah well maybe that's what it takes to get up to that level but it says <laughs> the <No>. narrative <laughs> presented by netflix features a seemingly mentally fit it says seemingly mentally fit so because we're supposed to draw <laughs> that maybe this seemingly. guy just was he was just cuckoo for cocoa puffs you know well, they, he wasn't able to do anything in his life but he's able to come on to a tv show well, so then he just yeah. see now look we have a witness yes. he obviously observed it and and so what this says from his opinion he did seem to be mentally fit thank you very much yeah. for that attestation <laughs> and it says the 74 year old seven uh Sevenovich who provides detail yeah that's because all incapacitated people can provide details on how they came to hire luisa according to Sevenovich. and it says uh luisa uh, eventually used money from a property sale to have Savinovich declared mentally unfit and moved to an assistant living facility and uh, Dedham, I think is how it's pronounced. Yeah, but by the way, though, he didn't use the, he didn't need the money to do that. No, no. And it also says in the lawsuit, Louisa denies those allegations, claiming that Netflix documentary, uh, that the Netflix documentary misrepresented the case. Oh, by the way, mm. by the way, it's my understanding that uh, uh, they were off. Uh, these attorneys were offered to give their uh, their their point of view. Wow. I mean, and if you if you if you do see that episode in the Texas the Texas uh, situation, yes, uh, the. Uh, the winner there, uh, whatever her face is there. Yeah, well, she appeared. So they were given the opportunity. So, uh, you know. Yeah, it's just. Did uh, it cry over that now? Yeah. Because you chose not to? Well, maybe that was why the, the big boss man that you mentioned backed out of, you know, being party to the suit. Because when you look into it, it's like, yeah, everybody had the opportunity to set the record straight. And the person, <laughs> you know, here filing this, this Louisa person obviously had that opportunity too. So, um, then it says, according to a copy of the complaint, the dirty money episode reports falsely that attorney Louisa committed crimes and ethical violations in fleecing a bewildered Savinovich out of millions of dollars by causing the police to remove him from his childhood home and transferring him against his wishes to an assisted living facility so that Louisa and his colleagues could sell 
Mr. Savinovich's real estate and leave him totally penniless and a ward of the state. So that's what we've been talking about all this and how, how accurate is, is, is that? Um, well, I, I would have welcomed uh, the opportunity to, uh, <laughs> to try that in court, but he didn't want to, I guess. Yeah. And it also says, according to Luis's complaint, Savinovich sought that legal assistance as the town prepared to enter into receivership proceeding that took place in Dedham District Court in 2016. According to filings from those proceedings, the condition of Savinovich's property at 26 Highland Terrace was, unquote, uh, or I'm sorry, in quotes, unfit for human habitation and endangered or materially impaired the health, safety. All oh, we've heard this, this, these cues over the past couple of years when it comes with BS, health and safety, and well-being of occupants, neighbors, and or the public. Blatantly false. Yeah. I mean, from what I saw in the documentary, folks, and you, you may have the opportunity to if you search it, because I think, is this still pulled from Netflix? Because I canceled my Netflix subscription back in the Q News yeah, era. Yeah, so. but it's good. But I'll tell you what, it, it is, it, the full episode is in the court files in that Middlesex Superior Court case, okay. and also in the federal action that I have uh, pending now uh, about this particular case with this criminal extortion, with this sham uh, court order, that, not even just sham, I mean, it's out right like uh criminal um and that's an exhibit in that case and uh will be up on will be forthcoming up on my website because it's now babe because netflix itself netflix through their attorney okay made it a public exhibit so there you go hey I think it should be too. I think the public should be able to see this type of stuff. So, yeah, well, good on uh, for that. Net, well, Netflix made it happen. So, you know, hey, hey, they gonna give them credit really- where credit's due then. Yeah. Right. For sure. Uh, Just saying. Yeah. And it also says <laughs> after, oh, we got to these days. We have to. I mean, and, but it says after helping Sevenovich sell the property on Highland Terrace. <laughs> oh, please. Oh, please. I, can I, I'm running, I'm running out of barf bags. I know. That's why I wanted to after, bring you in on this to give you reactions because I know that I'm just reading through helping. this. I knew that this was BS, Lisa. So like, I, I'm, I'm so glad that you're here to help us sift through this stuff. But yeah, <laughs> after helping. Yeah, sure. Um, Louisa, use money from the, the sale to uh, address in part real estate taxes Sevenovich owed. Um, it also says or claims that Louisa's lawsuit says he became increasingly concerned over his elderly client's health oh. and well-being after a December well, look, 2017 wellness look. check. I need this a police. This is incriminating. This is incriminating. Okay. This is incriminating because look, Louisa, based on this, right? Yeah. Well, then that's an admission that uh, John Sevinovich was competent oh, at wow. the time that he hired him. Oh, all of a sudden, he became increasingly concerned. Isn't that funny? Uh, it's not, but you know. Oh, yeah. Because of- uh, all of that's subjective, right? Like, uh, if just be- like your concerns or your, your perception of this person's capabilities is that, okay, well, when he hired me, um, it, it was like talking to a Mensa member, but like three months later, now that I know that I can like stiff this guy and take all of his money, he's basically <laughs> at the same IQ level as a person that pushes the carts with his fucking forehead. You know, like, he you know? Well, if, he, if, he, if he had any brains, he would have started off with he was he was uh, gone from the beginning. Yeah. Oh, that, absolutely. That yeah. To show, right. Yep. So there's an admission right from there that the guy he admits the guy was competent at some point in time. And I suggest the document itself, the document 
the documentary done by uh, uh, Alex. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, it'll come to me. I think he's named in the little documents that I have over here. Let's see. These are the, these are the actual Alex court filings Alex here that I pulled because uh, this was uploaded to uh, this yeah. system here, and it has Netflix Inc., Worldwide Entertainment, the Jigsaw Productions, Muddy Waters Productions, Alex Gib- Gibney, I think Gibney. it is. Yes, yeah, yes, that's Alex Gibney. There we go. And I, you know, Alex, if he happens to be watching this, really, why do you ignore me? I I try talking to you on Twitter, and you pretend like I don't exist. I'm just saying. Does he have Anyways. his uh, pronouns uh, listed in his bio on the, on on Twitter, just oh. like all the lawyers that you sent me those documents to? <laughs> That's the signal, man. How do you know you're dealing with bullshit artists if they put their pronouns in their fucking bio? That's how how. bad is it? How bad is it when the uh, in the Massachusetts? uh, Yeah, these are the Massachusetts orders. The the highest court court in Massachusetts. They're like the clerks are doing it. I got a ting ting. I'm I'm a guy man. You know, you have to prefer to me ting ting having guy man. Okay, yeah. But um, yeah. it's so silly. It's so it's so juvenile and like edu- like education level one through five to try and point oh, out geez. that yes, I'm a male <laughs> these days. You know that, that's what we've evolved to. And, and they're, they're in small letters. Yeah, in small letters too. Yeah, well, I'd be I'd be showing off something else there maybe. Uh, but like you said, like uh, going back to this Louisa character though, like yeah, kind yeah, of pronouns exactly. and other things. Like this this dude, <laughs> uh, even in his own BS excuse. Uh, like or, or kind of you know a way to retaliate against you with this this lawsuit even in his own excuse he's incriminating himself so he probably doesn't have right? a big leg to stand on here uh and, and no no third leg to speak of but um uh, it, it also it also says here that uh in 2019 luisa's representation of sevenovich ended after probate court proceedings that he initiated found Sevenovich mentally incapacitated and appointed attorney Alexandra Golden as his legal guardian and conservator. The lawsuit notes, according to the lawsuit, the uh, that's approximate- not true. Okay, well, really? <laughs> oh, so they're getting this article no, all kinds of wrong. No, How is the no. public even supposed to know what the hell's even happening no. these days, folks? Right, I know. Wow. So what happened is, is that uh, Luisa and his boss hired Alexand- attorney Alexandra Golden okay. as private services. Oh, and then okay. had her appointed, from my understanding, not as legal guardian, but uh, as the conservator. Yes, yeah, it does mention the conservative there, but right? Doesn't... So, but she wasn't both though. She she wasn't the guardian. Okay, right. but but she but she came into play before any appointment. Wow, she was doing. She's the one who made it. She's the one who facilitated the thing to. To begin with now is she also the one like because i i read something too um that there there's these people that work within the system that they kind of step in to get people drugged was, was that her role here too in helping that uh, of just like trying to get antipsychotics and other things into the system oh, well, of this person inevitable, well it, it's it, it's uh definitely uh you know, it's part of the it's racket. Yeah, it's part. So it's not like you know, separate role. I mean, it when it comes to both guardianship and conservatorship, you have to show. I mean, it's it's one bottle of wax. So yeah, and there was plenty of evidence to show that what they tried to tried to get him drugged. 
Maybe we'll get this article pulled. I'm glad I archived it. <laughs> but it says, <laughs> according to the lawsuit, the approximately $3 million uh, that was $3 million, folks, that was collected from the sale of his remaining properties is used to pay nursing home bills. I wonder if the nursing homes are all about oh, that life. Oh, when you see those bills. When you see those bills. Oh, I'm sure they're uh, ridiculous. God, how much was that? Yeah, you know, $30 yeah, for a bowl of oatmeal. Like, oh, please, though. Like that kind I of mean, stuff. I mean, really? Yeah. And a it's monthly this, stipend? A monthly stipend? Really? Yeah, it's what? for Sevenovich really along with a monthly stipend? stipend at the end of that sentence, folks. You're going to qualify it as a freaking stipend? You Stipend. Yeah, a few dollars to get toothpaste. Yeah. Well, he said he was uh, in the Netflix documentary at the end there. He was describing that, you know, he's given, what, $300 every 20 days or something like that? Um, I don't even think he was given. Uh, uh, oh, man. I don't even think it was. Uh, I thought it was. I was just. <laughs> is that tied to inflation, though? Or is he just given that, like, you know, because, like, you know, right now a packet of ground meat is 10 bucks. So yeah. how do you even survive off of 300, you know, if, especially if you're elderly and you like need more stuff, you know, you just yeah. you, you need some Ben Gay for your muscles. You need to pay for your pills. You need to, you know, buy you know better inserts for your shoes so you can actually walk without pain. You know what? You know, old people got stuff going on, man. You know, so it's just like you, you have other expenses that just other younger people might not. And at 300 bucks, you couldn't give me freaking $300 and ask me to survive these days. You know, like that? There's no way. I'd be living in complete abject poverty. There'd be holes in my clothes and not like the ironic ones that people wear. You, know? you want to hear something? Now, just think about this. After I tried to become, you know, based on Mr. Savinovich's, on his desire that I that I be his counsel, he wanted me. Yeah. Okay. Believe me, I, I made no money on it. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't paid anything. So so at so after I, you know, stuck my nose in for whatever, mm -hmm. um the the guardians actually uh, were um at that stage was Jewish Family and Children's Services. But you know what happened? All of a sudden they actually they actually uh had a psychiatrist who actually showed that he was competent, at least for you know wow. that that he didn't. And all of a sudden, they decided he didn't need a guardianship just a conservatorship. Really, ain't that strange? Yeah. So the, them to just roll it back. Then maybe they knew that that something had you know been done wrong there. So they sort of just well, roll it back to make it seem like everything's okay now. Oh, Whatever. I'll tell you, that boy. I'll tell you. Yeah, Mr. Attorney Schwartz there, he, 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 he ran like a bat out of hell, I'll tell you that much. Well, yeah, you better get, you better get a good pair of running shoes because uh, yeah, th things like this, we're, we're going to expose a lot of that stuff. Oh, yes, I had, I, we're on a mission a from, from God here. But, <laughs> we're, we're doing this. Oh, well, that's kind of funny because I, I, I was, uh, they thought they were um, defaming me, I guess, or they thought they were smearing me. But they actually said to, the, to Judge Phelan that... Uh, tried to they were trying to um degrade me by saying i supposedly was a crusader i said oh is that supposed to be an insult yeah like <laughs> usually that's seen unless you're talking about like some history stuff right you know like the the, the crusades weren't necessarily the best part of all human existence but um you know to be a crusader i'd say in com common language you know <laughs> that, that that's usually in good context when you call somebody a crusader you're a crusader for truth a crusader for what? liberty a crusader for this or that or for the elderly 
You know, th- those are things that you'll, you'll probably hear in campaign commercials all the time. You know, it's yes. just common language. Well, you'll, you'll get a little like this. So in uh, one of the uh, hearings before Judge Phelan, who, of course, refuses uh, uh, to, and refused to let me have uh, <laughs> to have these tapes of the hearings for which I'm supposedly <laughs> have this order of insanity. Okay. Yeah. He, so I use the word uh, terminology cabal to uh, describe what was going on, and he took offense to that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he said, Attorney Belanger, mm. did you just say cabal? Uh. And, then he, and then he spelt it out. <laughs> I said, yep, that's what I'm talking about. Well, and, then he pro- and then he proceeded to define it. And I said, yep, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, just like the, what was it, Time Magazine talking about the election was like, how did a cabal of, you know, different interests, you know, combine to uh, sway the 2020 election or save the 2020 election or whatever the Time Magazine claimed? You know, just basically yeah. when they admitted to all the BS that they were doing, oh, but just God. like kind of made it a good thing. It was just like, oh, yeah, we, we did that to you, but we did it because we love you. I only I only hit you because you're pretty when you cry, Why? you know, like the, that kind of that kind of you know abusive relationship excuse uh, being used there uh, for the public. But now it does say uh, further in the article, as we wrap this up, it says the, the co-defendants in the lawsuit filed by Louisa include Jigsaw Productions and its subsidiary Muddy Waters Productions, who we just mentioned in the court documents there when we flipped over. But it also says the company's hired by Netflix to produce the Dirty Money episode and an Essex County attorney. But it also goes on to say that the lawsuit claims the attorney who attempted to intercede in Sevenovich's case and whose interviews appear in the Netflix documentary provided information, including impounded court documents. Oh, oh no, not those. Not the impounded court documents. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Wait, they're referring to me. Ah, yeah. See, this is this is why I needed you here because the, the they don't they wait, don't wait, really say. Think, well, who the hell are they talking about? I don't wait. The, they hired by to produce. Wait. I'm glad I brought this to your attention. Co-defendants in the lawsuit. Uh, I don't even know what the hell they're talking about. In the filed by, and it's. And another co-defendant says the owner of the Peabody-based print and web publication. That that doesn't even make a clear sentence. What the hell does that sentence even mean? Yeah, this is like reading the sentence from the the guy we talked about last episode that tried to explain why he needed to recertify the Georgia election in his his county, but it didn't make any sense. They're probably referring to me. I guess they're trying to say that they filed a suit against an Essex County attorney. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose that could be me. Okay. And it says the case may be headed to federal court after attorneys representing Boston Broadside filed a request September 14th to move the trial from, uh, it says from to the uh, first U.S. District Court in Boston because it deals with First Amendment issues. And that kind of spiked my interest, too, because. Yes, we did file that. And judge, let's see, I forget the specific judge on that one. I think it might have been Judge Saylor, I think, maybe. I don't know. I, I could be wrong, but I'm thinking that's a vague memory there. Yeah, he's in, you know, the federal judges, they don't like to uh, get the hands dirty, so to speak, with this stuff. So oh. even though it's First Amendment, yeah, right. Well, okay. yeah, the, the, you figure that it would be important, you know, big things like that. You know, number one with the bullet right at the top of our uh, country's founding. Just no, no big deal. We'll just brush past that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it says uh, defamation claims against a media defendant constitute a federally based claim. 
independent does. of the Massachusetts defamation common law claim. That's true. Okay. True statement. We found a true statement in this article. Congratulations. True. Yeah, true. you did it, buddy. You put a true statement in your article. <laughs> and, and First Amendment implications of the case mean Louisa and his attorneys have a constitutional burden to show the falsity of each statement cited in Louisa's claim, according to a copy of the venue change request filing. Has that uh, down there too. But uh, man. I don't know if there's any other info on old Trevor here. Wow. Yeah, he doesn't leave anything else there at the bottom of the article. But yeah, wow. a Trevor Ballantine of the Milford Daily News. That was a trip, man. That was uh, that was something different. So I'm gonna switch back to you there, Lisa. But uh, yeah, I need a shower right now. I know, but thank you so much though for walking us through that because, like I said before, it's just like when we read these articles, like John Henry and I can tell, and being lay people, like we're we're not experts in anything. If we're experts in anything, it's just talking shit on the internet. But we know through reading something, just being, you know, like, I guess, educated in life that to know when somebody's kind of being, you know, not not entirely truthful with you, if they're BS in you, right? Uh, so yeah. when we read those articles, we kind of, you know, like our ears perk up, like our spider sense is tingling, but you're the one that's ready to, you have, you, you have the Spider-Man <laughs> capabilities to swoop in there and be like, no, this is definitely, this is definitely the green goblin afoot. You know, and this I is definitely happen, something well, bad going on. Yeah. Let me tell you, I do happen to know the devil in, the, in these details. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe all too well. well, huh? And that, that's the thing well, about it. In this particular it. case, I mean, I, you know, it's like, uh, wow. Well, when we so, talk about political absolutely. persecution these days, like we could talk about, we, we talked about the January def, uh, 6th defendants and then there's plenty of other people in our society. We talked about the doctors and the medical community, but then being an individual like yourself and having to deal with this political persecution, <laughs> I mean, just for our audience to know, like what, what has it been like these past few years dealing with this type of persecution? Like, what has it been like for you? Hell on earth. Yeah, I kind of figured. You know, um, um, you know, but let me just say this. Uh, I like to, I try and I practice every day to try and do gratitude because, uh, what do they always say? It could be worse, right? Yeah. So I, I am blessed in many, many ways. Uh, I've got a wonderful husband, kids, two children. Uh, well, they're not children anymore, are they? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. 21 and 23. Oh, oh man. Again, I'm dating myself. This is terrible. <laughs> um, and good friends. Okay. Uh, so uh, I tried. And and I'm no longer a mess hole. Hey. Got out of there. Got out of there, I guess. But. But so it's that type of thing of trying to, you know, keep myself grounded on on the positive things. But I'll tell you what, um, I, I don't wish it on anybody, really. Uh, it's grueling. It's um, just by the grace of God that uh, I have a wonderful husband who's, who's supportive and is um, understanding and uh, has the same values as I do and who... Um, has stuck with me yeah. uh, because they have financially crippled me. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm, uh, I'm definitely paraphrasing here when I say it, but you know, I've I've heard I've heard it put to me in many different ways through my life that maybe people like yourself, Lisa, that you're given that weight because there's nobody else that can lift it. I've been I've been yeah uh, I've, right. Someone had said to me at one time. Um, God doesn't give people more um, more than they can 
handle. Handle something yeah. to that effect. But, uh, you know, a lot of uh, what I, why I do what I do, you know, people, you know, I, I get, it's uh, kind of weird when I see people, you know, they want to say, oh, you're a hero. This I get, I get weird. Like I get a uh, uh, weird, because I, I, that's not what you're in about this. yeah i didn't do this to be a hero believe me no no <laughs> i didn't want this was brought upon me i didn't go out and seeking it okay no. that's that's the thing i i didn't you know when i when i started out as an attorney yeah i, I was about helping the underdog i mean that's what yeah. you know uh my was always doing just doing the right thing noble motivation but yeah. I, I did not seek to be a whistleblower no. i'll tell you right now it came to your little <laughs> literal doorstep it came from one of your it, family members it came so for your what blood. I, what else was I supposed to do when they murdered my father? Am I supposed yeah. to just like, oh, yeah. you know, say, you know, okay. But I'll tell you what, the thing that, that's been hardest on is that um, uh, I have two siblings, two sisters. Uh, one sister who, uh, and this is not defamatory. It's a fact. It's mentally ill. Okay. Wow. Truly. Not, we're not taught. We are not. Yeah. Uh, it's, and it's on the record. Yeah. Okay. No, it, it does and happen we, to people. That's the thing, too, is that often right. we're pointing out where that, that can be used against you. They're just like, oh, people are just crazy. They yeah, don't have the capacity the, to do this. But except then, in this case. Yeah, there are. Except in this case, the predators and the courts actually validated her. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> wow. um, and by, by, my older sister, um, who I've always been very close to, though, um, it's been very difficult because even though she supported my, you know, supported my position and, you know, tried to see, she wasn't in the fight, so to speak. Yeah. She, she could not handle just the notion of, of the uh, way these predators are, the, the maliciousness. And um, I'll tell you what, uh, it was the most difficult part was the fact that she hasn't stood up with me fighting shoulder to shoulder, especially when I'm the one who's all you have to do. What do you have to do? I'm the one who's, who's, you know, I'm standing up and doing it. And all you need to do is just to tell the truth and stand with me. That's all you have to do. But she couldn't do that. And uh, so I guess this is the hardest part is, and, and it, I guess it applies to many things that we go through with the, with the COVID-19. I was just about um, to say that. I think that what you brought up there, a lot of people that are listening to this have experienced that, where they're just, they're waiting for the people in their lives. They're waiting for the people that they love, you know, their blood to stand up with them. And it's just, it's not happening. It, it's just, it's, they're, right. they're looking around and they're saying that who are the people that are going to oppose this in society? Who are the rebels? Who, who are the rebel alliance you know, we, we watch all these beautiful uh, movies that are, you know, put in our culture to, to influence us maybe or even prime us. But, um, you know, the one beautiful thing about, you know, just like the Star Wars franchise is like thinking that you're part of the rebellion for good. Thinking that you're, you're going to stand up to something that's overwhelmingly uh, more powerful than you, uh, that could end you in your existence even, that could erase you from the rest, from existence in the world. But you're going to stand up for it because it's done right. And you're going to have people by your side that are going to have those same values that, that will not bend, that will not break, that will not abandon you. And so when you look to your side and you notice that it's not your friends and it's not your family standing there with you, in some cases, not all, of course. 
But in that in that, in that case, though, it, it can be defeating. It, it can be really black pilling to see that. Oh my God! You know, I I know that my sister loved my father, but she's not willing to make these steps. She's not willing to jump into this pool with me. Right. But maybe she's not meant to swim. There's just a right. lot of people that aren't really. I, I listened to a, a great uh, speech by uh, Dan Smots. Um, who's a libertarian speak about just like people that are getting into politics. And he said that not everybody is you know made for that. Not everybody's meant to be a political candidate. I'm certainly not meant to be a political candidate. Um, but I, I feel like I, I'm drawn to this because this is what I can do with the capabilities that I have. So I can weaponize my passions very similar to the way that you have Lisa, where you can weaponize what you're good at, what your skill set is. And you can take that and you can do something good with it. You can still do that even if other people fail to do so. You know, and I think that that's that is the uplifting part about our whole conversation here today. If there is one, is that there are people like us. They're out there. They're listening right now. And maybe that person listening right now too, they might be listening and saying, "Hey, I'm in a situation where I got this nice job going for me. I got a house payment to make. I got cars. I got kids. I got stuff going on. I got investments." I don't really want to upset the apple cart, but the person I'm working for is a scumbag and they're stealing from me or they're stealing from other people. They're doing wrong. They're breaking the law. And maybe that they want to stand up. Maybe they want to be a whistleblower. And it might not be at the level of something like a Project Veritas story. You know, it might not be something that that's like groundbreaking news that, you know, everybody's going to report on in the alternative media community. Maybe it's just a case of somebody in their community like we're talking about here being taken advantage of. But you can't even get people to stand up for that sometimes. You know, so to have people there that are willing to even take these these like you talked about too, it's not just like the big whales in these cases right. either. It's not like the people that own millions of dollars worth of real estate that they're just victimizing or predatory towards. It's all of us. It's all of our families, rich or poor. And you know what? Not just in the probate and family courts. Um, people, at this goes across the board. Uh, uh, in, any, in any action, property cases, how many people uh, where more, mortgage fraud, uh, people trying to take their land, their next door neighbors, uh, people who retaliate um, using the judicial system. Oh, yeah. Uh, for any type of suit, I need bankruptcy. Um, this so uh, for people need to understand this. We're not just talking about probate and family court. I mean, this goes across almost any type of litigation you can think of. Wow. And and one thing I wanted to bring up too, another uh, article that I pulled that I, I believe you provided me. Uh, was this one here, and this is from Boston, Boston. I'm sorry, Boston Broadside, uh, which I, yes. I believe is the same organization that is named yes. in that suit. So this is, this seems like an organization where they're actually trying to uh, make some some corrective change here, some positive Ronnie change Brennan, in that regard. He has been doing this for years. Really, if you go back and look at all his, he's he has been uh, putting out there story after story about these type of abuses in the family courts, not just guardianships, but, uh, you know, custody disputes. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and when you brought lot, it up, that's I mean, what brought this to mind is just like, I, I from just reading through this little anecdote here from this person, 
um, if you want to call it that. Um, I'll, I'll read it too. This is uh, called Unlawful Action of Judge Abe Ross and a petition. Uh, oh, 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 Abby. Oh, Abby oh my Ross. God. Did he? Oh, my God. That's Abby Ross, who happens to also be the thug judge who's um, actually uh, helping the predators of Burns and Levinson uh, with the criminal extortion of my estate, by the way. So oh, go ahead. <laughs> so, so this is something, too, that not only has this person been affected by and plenty of other people, it seems, that also that, yeah, this is this is part yeah. of so continue, the way it I'm all sorry. connects to us. Now, this is the conversation we have every week about how things I am things so are. sorry. No, I want sense. you to. I want, I want you to interject because like your interjections, too, give us so much more of an understanding of what's happening here. And especially since this isn't just like a random thing affecting this person that we're looking at here. It's actually affecting you, too. So you can definitely speak to it much better. But it says local and statewide publications have been following the introduction of a bill in Massachusetts legislature, which seeks to give victims of probate and family court judge Abby Ross. So there we go. There's the correction in the uh, Ross an opportunity for redress. And it says also an online petition is available, which provides more information. And there's a link here. Now, all these articles and things I've been pulling up during our interview, Lisa, and for all of you listening mm-hmm. out there, I will include in a source list for this um, for this segment, this episode. Um, so if you go to my Minds page, uh, which is, I believe, the New Prisoners, or just search for the New Prisoner number six there, or uh, on Substack, of which you can get it sent to your email. And I like that format a lot, too, because... Uh, Lisa, we have some mutual friends that are on Substack there, uh, Mr. Don Jeffries and also Guard Goldsmith and people like that. Um, and I'm going to be joining it too. Oh, I'm heck yeah. Up. I can't wait. Yes, I'm definitely going to be subscribing to you too, girl. I can't I'm wait to uh, Just uh, let me put a little plug in here. Yeah. It, uh, wait, wait. What's the name of my thing? <laughs> it's, a- it's going to be the, okay, not the just critical liberty report all right so if you're on substack uh definitely sign up for our free uh source list our newsletter here along with our friends guard goldsmith and don jeffries and be on the look for lisa bellinger's which is going to be the liberty uh critical report critical Critical liberty Liberty report Report. there we go I, i switched them up there we go (laughs) <laughs> Critical Liberty Report. There we go. All right. So definitely look for that. Um, no, but it says excerpts from petition from petition posting. This is the story I was talking about. It says, uh, and I believe it's this person pictured here, if I'm not mistake, yeah. but it says, my name is Pilar. And 3.5 years ago, I was completely erased from my oldest daughter's life. Zero rights and all financial obligations. I am not a prostitute. I don't use drugs. Don't physically or emotionally harm my children. I am not an alcoholic. Still, Judge Abby Ross decided after a four-day trial that I am an unfit parent, maybe because I am Latina or because she didn't want the burden of reading a thick file with 11 years of litigation and chose the easy way out. Go ahead. Can I just say one thing? No, absolutely. Boy, I'll tell you. Now, just think about that. Uh, Didn't want the burden of reading a thick file. Now, if I had a nickel for every time a judge has berated a litigant because of the thick file, let me tell you, that is like such a playbook thing that these judges do. Uh, if you happen to be a litigant who's opposing something, you, they smear you as to like, go, you're the reason why this is a thick file, right? Oh. I, in fact, in one of my uh, one of my uh, hearings, after the, the many 
judges that have been through my through my cases <laughs> actually raised you know this is the problem with uh, uh the fact that they don't have video see court hearings need to be videoed i'm gonna, every single court hearing i don't care what kind of court hearing it needs to be videoed. Yeah, the more transparent the better <laughs> and, and preserve hold for, up, for right? history too they hold up the file look how thick this is yeah. I mean, the too really? long didn't read. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, just wanted to your excuse being right. used there. I mean, it's used. I think Don Jeffries brought this up on your interview, which I listened to, which was fantastic, of course. Um, but um, between you two, but it, it, you mentioned that uh, yes, or I think it was Don that brought up that even our our politicians they don't read the bills before they pass them, so <laughs> we shouldn't expect yeah, right. judges to actually read about the court cases before they air judgment on them. Why would they? No, why would they? It's like giving a, re- a book review for a book that you didn't freaking read, that you don't even why know the you? characters of. They're just well, like, why would you even want to read the evidence? Oh, exactly, that, that, yeah. Of actually, that, then, you, then you can't unsee it, can you? You have to ask yourself how these people even got through school, right? You know, it's just like, oh, do a book report on Julius Caesar, uh, but don't read the book. You know, I want to oh, know. What I'm kind of understanding are you actually going to have? How did you I pass? I how they... How do they go to sleep at night? I want to know. Well, that too. Yeah. The whole conscious aspect of this too, of just how people can just, uh, that. that's why when I talk about the incorporation aspect of, I talk about the psyche or I talk about the soul dying of, of people yeah. being swept up into these institutions and what they do. Because like, if you want a career, if you want to be successful, it just seems like you have to allow the victimization and the hypocrisy to continue, if not encourage it. And that that that's what a lot of people like us, where we get so down about what's happening in the world, too, because it seems like all of those people that do the dirty deeds here are always the ones that are elevated into higher positions. And they seem Absolutely. to look out for the, the ladder below them, too, whenever it comes to that, making sure that justice is never served. That is exactly what happens. Yeah. The, the dirtiest elevate the highest. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's not the cream that rises to the the, the top that you want to drink, folks. You know that's that, that's not, yeah. not that's not the Macho Man Randy Savage cream rising to the top. That's that's some other type of cream that you. Yeah, we're not even going to get it. Okay. any other well, comparisons. Considering, considering we're talking about Massachusetts, you might want to. Uh, what's that uh, song about? Uh, Dirty water. Oh, dirty water. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's the famous one. Yeah, they always Sorry. do it at the stadiums and bring out all the famous uh, Boston people. Okay. But it yep. says it also going on this person's anecdote. It says, despite my pain and desolation, wow, I refused to remain passive and good for her. It says, so I looked for other victims of the same judge. And to my surprise, I was one of many. All of them had experienced the same biased behavior of this judge who refuses to include witness testimony and physical evidence of the parent she dislikes in her findings. She will then issue a judgment facts to support her biased opinion while regarding, or I'm sorry, disregarding completely all the evidence presented by one of the parties. So just okay. outright favoritism wow. to one end. Of, okay. Cause I just say, look, now look, this is now, this is her, this is her writing, writing this, yeah. correct? Yes. Now look, okay. A non-lawyer who just crystallized that in such a succinct and absolute 100% truth. Wow. All right. Yeah. That she is what, that is exactly. One of many. One of many that that that's business as usual, okay. That that is exactly day in and day out what what happens. She described it perfectly. I mean, just look at this. I mean, for all of you that are watching this episode, man, just look at this 
pouring as a woman and her babies next to her. And imagine this being done to people all around you. That's what's being claimed here. That's why this is a big deal. I mean, it's bad enough. It would be a horrible uh, thing to happen in our society enough for a woman of sound mind and body that loves her children to be separated from them. None of us really want that. I don't think so. I, I still believe enough in humanity that most of the people listening, but other people out there that wouldn't even care to listen to this would still agree with that statement, that that, that, that would be an injustice that is so abhorrent that we would not allow it in right. our culture. Then Just why the hell that. are we doing it systematically? But see, and, and this this is such. I'm gonna switch back to you. This is what people have to understand: is when you look at that picture, right? Yeah. See, see, that's the magnitude of depravity that we're talking about. Yeah. Because they're destroying people's lives, their families. They're taking away their family. They, they. I can never listen. I can never be made whole again for the. No. There's no amount the of money. Years, there's no court case. There's the no decision. They can't they, give you anything. They kept the, me away from my father. Yeah, yeah. There's and, and and for no and for no valid reason mm -hmm. except that they think that they can that they're just. I mean, really. I mean, we're really talking about. You have to think about the depth of soullessness. Well, and and let's talk about that too because uh, it, it's sort of in a way. It's just something that we believe in, like justice, right? That we put all this faith in, that whenever it sort of protects itself by offering us these um, these condolences, if you will, like in your in in your state, like you mentioned, um, you are never going to be made whole. You're never going to be able to get back the time, um, the money. Be damned, you know. But, but the money is is a factor. It affects all of us and how we live our lives. So, but you know, but the, the the time and the memories and the moments that you have with the people that you love, all of you out there, think about what the government has done to you that's affected that the past few years, and then think about what they're offering you now. Will you accept that? Will you accept the excuses? Will you accept the, the just like the the pid the pidlins the, the little offerings that it, that they that they give us of just like well you're going to get a stimulus check though you know we're going to destroy your entire industry and keep you locked up in your home but you're going to get a, a two thousand dollars stimulus check or or we're going to take away your uh, entire ability to uh, to be a functioning person in society because you wouldn't you know, offer yourself up for experimental medications um, but so you know but you can uh, you oh we're, we're not going to give you uh, <laughs> we're not going to give you uh, work compensation we're not going to give you any type of uh, unemployment either because you violated this policies like looking for some sort of what i think what i'm getting at lisa is is that looking for some sort of thing offered by the offending party if you will uh in this case looking for something for them to to kind of settle this to kind of get you to go away to get you to shut up to get you to not be passionate about it or speak out about it or whatever it, whatever they offer you for you it's not it's never going to be enough it's never going to be enough and and i think that what that does ultimately though and i think what what i was trying to get out originally at least here was that um the system that does that it does so at least in my opinion it does so so it can continue doing it it can continue the pattern of abuse. It apologizes to you and it takes you out to dinner after it does something that wrecks your life or after it harms you. 
you know, and, and to not accept that just like you would, uh, wouldn't accept like a bad boyfriend or girlfriend treating you or treating your, one of your daughters or something like that potentially is that you wouldn't allow them to be abused and have little trinkets or little baubles flashed in front of their face or little opportunities like, Oh, I'll take you on a vacation to help make it. Okay. It's not going to be okay. These these systems need to re, be rather fully reformed or abolished altogether. Um, so I'll I'll leave that with you though to comment on. I was just like uh, you know you're you're being offered all these things to to try and you know quell you to try and get you to shut up or calm down or not organize others, but you continue to do so. And I think that's out of principle, which is amazing. But then also, what does that say about our justice system though? That it's just willing to offer you these little these little awards for going along with what they've done. Wow. You're leaving me speechless. Number six. Wow. <laughs> I hate to do that in an interview, but you know, I just, I'm glad <laughs> no, I'm, I did it though. If it's provoking I've, some you, thoughts or some emotions I'll, in you that I'm, I'm glad. I'll, I'll tell you, yeah. well, really talk about heartfelt. I, I, I can't thank you enough for being able to, uh, be able to uh, articulate and to really provide some really, I, I'm hoping that people that are listening, um, I can't imagine that they, um, that they don't get what you're saying. I, I mean, it, it, it so goes to the core. Uh, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> and I, I was just uh, thinking to myself in terms of People say, you know, again, you know, the hero thing, please, it's not about, I don't even, I don't even want to do that. I mean, yeah. it's not even that, it's like, I just, I don't choose to do it, so to speak. I mean, I guess I do choose. I mean, I suppose I could yeah. not, but deep inside me, I just can't. I mean, so many times when I say, oh, I just want this, just, just want to stop, forget it. You know, yeah. I just want to, you know, go on and do whatever. And and I don't know if it's uh, because of the way my father raised me. Uh, I mean, just from, just from day one, I just always remember the way my father taught me to be. In fact, um <laughs> there's a tribute that I, I wrote for my dad that I often post on uh, Twitter about as to why I do the things that I do. And it's not because that I, you know, <clears throat> want to be this super duper superhero. I so don't. No. <laughs> I am so misunderstood. Can I tell you that, by the way? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think a lot of people in your position really are. Is that you're not, you're not in it for fame and fortune or any type of personal oh gain. <laughs> You know? In fact, maybe someone would like to do a GoFundMe for me. Well, yeah. Well, we can't even do that these days, right? Because if they found out that oh, you know they're, they're friends with so and so, and that's that's against you, they'll they'll probably strip your funding. So, but yeah, no, give, but, give send go would be a better route. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. Thank you very much. Exactly okay. right. Exactly. That's right. 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 Thank you for for that. But, Bye, faux pas. Uh, but I, if I could stress to people. I know it's hard because uh, it's something that that it's hard to get you, you know, to wrap your mind around and until you're actually in it. But my goal is hopefully to bring some kind of awareness so that people 
don't have to go through the things that I've gone through and that so many other people in in this system have. I, you know, I'm not, I still try and, and think about how is it that people are so um, oblivious to what's going on in the court system. I mean, yes, I know it's because it's, you know, not the kind of transparency that there should be. Media doesn't uh, report on it. Um, so I understand that, but I, I guess I'm just appealing to people to please, even if it, if, even if you think that it doesn't necessarily affect you now, uh, please understand that it does, you know, it's, um, oh, I talked about it on, uh, Don, when Don had uh, interviewed me on Don Jeffries, uh, about, that famous poem. Let's see who it's on the way. It's on page 60. Hold on, my <laughs> friend. Hey, Vince, I know you'll be watching this. Vince Agnelli Jr. Uh, by the way, the public, the public will and you get that because that talks about, uh, actually what people can do in their own local communities. Oh, that's what I was just about to ask you about too after this. Right? So, yeah, that's perfect. So, yeah. Let's hear from Vince. Uh, and I'll try and include so, his book in the uh, uh, source list too, so people can look it up and buy it. Oh, that's so awesome. Thank you. You got it. Uh, he's, oh my God, he's, he's such a, what a guy and been a great mentor to me. So it, it was the uh, poem by Reverend Martin, uh, I don't want to butcher his name, <laughs> no pun intended, oh my God, <laughs> Nymoler. <laughs> Imagine I use that word. Yeah. That would be about <laughs> oh my God. Shame on me. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> Dark humor that I have. <laughs> so he wrote, uh, they came for the communists and I didn't object for I wasn't a communist. They came for the socialists and I didn't object for I wasn't a socialist. They came for the labor leaders and I didn't object for I wasn't a labor leader. They came for the Jews and I didn't object for I wasn't a Jew. Then they came for me and then there was no one left to object. Yeah. And um, what's so hard is that I know people know this poem, right? Yeah. I, I, people know this, but they, if they could really only somehow digest that to, that, to really understand why you do need to stand up and for other people. And I'm not, and I'm not talking about, you know, having to be a superhero. I, I mean, I'm just talking about not allowing, not being silent, just please at least just speak up and don't, and don't allow it to continue in that way. Uh, it's not necessarily that he has to be a superhero and, you know, go fight like in a real, you know, figuratively or literally, um, but it does make a difference. And can you imagine, <clears throat> especially with regard to like what's happened with COVID, you know, this mask thing and, you know, it plays. I, people, are you really going to say at this juncture that that you don't know by now masks don't work, okay? Oh, See, or anything that now, they really offered us as solutions. Like all of them were arbi it, arbitrary decisions made in backroom boardrooms, you know, just like you talk about in these court cases about how the, all this stuff is done behind closed doors. It's untransparent. It's presented wrongly illegal, and fraudulently illegal. to the public. Yes, and illegally. 
And we and and the only people, then the only reason why we know about these things, the reason why we know who an Ian Smith is, or if you're in Canada, who a Chris Sky is, or if you even even if you're in the medical community or just in the general community, the only reason why you might know who a Peter McCullough even is, like who I believe Don just had on the other day to talk about these yep. issues. It's just that the reason why people know those names is because those people are the ones that were brave enough to speak up, just like you and just like other people out there, Lisa. But if people, people need to understand all they have to do is say no. Yes. Just don't do it. Yes. Now, I mean, really think about it. How simple is that? Well, it is. And then other people, that's the other thing too about the human behavior is that once that precedent has been set, once you see that other people have done it, that they stand up and say, no, I will not do this. I will not bow to these rules that you're giving me. These aren't laws. Again, shout out to my friends, Ryan and Jessica there, because they do that too. They say that, no, we won't, we won't stand for this. And they gather a community. They find other people that petition, that sign documents, that send emails. They they call their representatives. They stand up, they rally, they make signs, they make t-shirts. And you don't even have to go to a protest, by the way. No. It doesn't even require to, so people who don't no. like protests. You can and, sit and in on a Zoom that. meeting. You could, you could call up your representative. There's tons Tons of things you could do. There are tons of more. And like you said too brilliantly, Lisa, this there is a ton of different, more passive ways that I'm not I couldn't even think of right now that you could do to take action. It's not always just yelling in somebody's face and saying no. Sometimes you gotta do that, right? But then there's there's people that are better at that than most other people too. Uh, but you know, you have if if you're the type of person where you're working a nine to five job, you got a bunch of kids, you got a bunch of debt, you got a bunch of other things going on that you'd rather be dealing with, as I'm sure most of us would be. But you have this thing that's affecting you or the people around you that you are doing a disservice to yourself. You're doing such a disservice to yourself in every in our future, our whole collective future. If you're not standing up and saying no in some way. Now, you, but you don't have to be a freedom fighter marching. You don't have to be the person standing in court representing people. You can be anything inside of this community as long as you're passionate, as long as you're standing up against it, as long as you're not right with it, and as long as you're opposing it. You can be in this community with us. You don't have to be a content creator. You don't have to learn how to do audio and video uh, stuff that we deal with. You don't have to have these conversations. You don't have to read these things, but you can. You can do all those things. They're all possibilities for you. And there's plenty of room here in this community for people to write and create and, and make music and do other things. There's so many aspects. There's so many different things. It, like I said, it's hard to even comprehend how much is out there that can be done. But the question is, will you do it? Will you actually clench your fist and say, no, damn it. I will not stand for this. I will take action. And that's, that's all we're asking. That's all we're asking. If, if it's signing a petition, if it's showing up, if it's just liking and, and retweeting something that, that Lisa posts on Twitter, if you see it, Instead of being cowardly and just saying, no, I don't want to engage in that kind of stuff. I don't want to get political. I don't want my friends to see that I'm getting into this conspiracy theory stuff or whatever. You know, I'm scared. Don't be. We got you. There's no net here. There's just a bunch of helping hands. That's all there is. So, you know what they say? Many hands make light work. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we can do this. There, There is, I mean, I'm still, even with all that I read through and go through every single week, 
I'm still incredibly optimistic as to what we can accomplish. And it's through contacting people like yourself and, and some of our mutual friends and other people that we've met along the way, right? And I'm sure there's plenty of people in your life that wouldn't be part of it. You wouldn't know them if you hadn't have taken that chance and stood up. And those are your real friends. Those are the real people that got your back. Those are the real people that will do something if you needed them to, you know, and, and you're better for that. Maybe your life would have been easier, Lisa. Maybe it would have been easier if you just would have let this all go and you would have been quiet and you just would have accepted whatever the state or institutions offered you for your father's passing and you just would have gone, you know, just gone about your normal life. You'd be at Costco right now picking up God knows what and just going about a normal, you know, everyday Joe life. And I'm sure you still experience those too, you know, right? You, you're still in those mundane moments as all of us where you're sitting in a grocery line or you're sitting well, in traffic. I'll tell you what, I refuse to let these evil predators think that they've stolen everything from me. No, you haven't. And I get, I still have joy in my life. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Get that? Yeah. I'm still happy. That's right. <laughs> and that's the biggest thumb in the eye that you can give them too, is that when they think that they can oppress you and get you down, that you can still find joy in it. I mean, there's something beautiful about what Alexander Solzhenitsyn wrote in the Gulag Archipelago about finding the camaraderie there with his fellow prisoners. And I think that, you know, we're not in that same exact state right now. We're not being rounded up by Stalin and sent to camps. Oh, not just yet. Right. But they did. They did try that. Wait a minute. minute. (laughs) They did propose that. You know, if you don't think that that's coming down, they were talking about on the floor of our Senate, you know, of just being able to do stuff like that. Right. Or at least it's been it's been floated. So, I mean, we're we're not at that level, but that's the thing. If you don't speak up now, where are you? you. Yeah, we, we are at it's at the doorstep. Yeah. We will be there. We we will be sharing a cup of gruel with one another in a camp if we don't do something and say something. And that and, and that itself has been proven time and time again throughout history. Just because we have fancy cars and cell phones and nice houses, and just because you have a good job and you work for a corporation that's publicly traded and solid, and you, you have a career that's locked in and you could do your 30 years and retire with your pension and your investments – that you shouldn't stand up, that you shouldn't say something because you could lose something. You could lose your house. You could lose your, you, you could lose your professional life. Like they're going after Lisa's professional life. They're going after her law license. They, they can separate you from your family, but they're not going to take who you are. They're not going to do it. It's just not going to happen. Sorry. That's not what we do. Can I read one more poem? I'm sorry. Absolutely. No, no I'm, I'm feeling it today. I want, I want you to. Okay. This is, yeah. I love this inspiration, but, but, oh, wow. Talk about uh, symbiotic and uh, synergy. This is, see, this, this is what it's all about. And I'll tell you what, uh, special shout out to uh, Redneck there in uh Twitter Lamy, my my good Twitter peep, and of course Hollywood. All right. Okay. Yeah. My girls out there. So his his what people I I hope <clears throat> when they think about w- w- doing what they do and uh, that understanding that don't you do you not understand or hopefully you understand or have faith that there is something beyond us after this. Because, it, I mean, if you don't have that that faith, I guess. Um, uh, I'd be curious to hear from more. them where they think it even moves to. 
Like, where does right? it all go? Is that why? Is that why people do what they do? Is because they think it just ends here and does. So what? Well, so what's fucking happened to me? Human so, human babies and dogs think the same way. Where it's just when you play peekaboo with them, that when you put your hands up behind your face, that they don't know that your face doesn't actually disappear. <laughs> So I think that just lends to like the simplicity maybe of their mindset going throughout life. It's just like no. if they don't feel that something moves into something at least or into something, it may, be, it may not be greater or whatever or however it's divided, right? But then to think that it just disappears, to think that your life so, just and all of, all of the motivations right? and things behind it just go poof all of a sudden. So here's food for thought. How did you die? Okay, this is a poem written by Edmund Vance Cook. Did you tackle that trouble that came your way with a resolute heart and cheerful? Or hide your face from the light of day with a craven soul and fearful? Oh, a trouble's a ton or a trouble's an ounce. Or a trouble is what you make it. And it isn't the fact that that you're hurt that counts, but only how did you take it? You were beaten to earth. Well, well, what's that? Come up with a smiling face. It's nothing against you to fall down fiat. But to lie there, that's disgrace. The harder you're thrown, why the higher you bounce. Be proud of your blackened eye. And it isn't the fact that you're licked that counts. It's how did you fight and why? And though you be done to death, what then? If you battled the best you could, if you played your part in the woman in the world of men and women, I added that. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> why why the critic will call it good. Death comes with a crawl or comes with a pounce, and whether he's slow or sort, it isn't the fact that you're dead that counts. But only how did you die? Wow. Thank you. Thank you for that. It actually brought up uh, some some metal song lyrics in my head too, a little bit there, the poetry. But it's just basically the, the, the stuff that motivates me too, like that though, is just telling people that, yeah, now, now, is, now is the time to rise to my feet. Wipe this spit from my face. Wipe these tears from my eyes. Because I will be heard. And that's so powerful. Like to give that to somebody. That's a gift to pass along, man. Like, if you're going to pay it forward today, have your fellow man stand up for something. Because there's plenty of wrong in this world. Like, what we've been talking about here specifically, you might want to get involved in, and I would encourage that. But any other wrongs, any other things that we could rectify to make it a better life for the people in this world, especially those after us, to not be the selfish bastards who take this gift that we've been giving and just have fun with it until it's time to leave. That's what a child does, you know, but a a real adult will do something with it to make sure that other people can enjoy it after them, you know, to, to be a good steward. You know, we've talked about that term, you know, to be a good steward of your fellow man, you know, the way that they can, yes, not, not the corrupted meeting, not the hypocritical uh, BS that's being forced upon us to, you know, in statements like that, but the, the real kind. You know, the, the real looking after of things. So, uh, Lisa, before we wrap up, do you have any final thoughts for the audience that you want to share? Oh, never final. Well, of course. Yeah, never final. Yeah. 
but just like you know, maybe to you know, just wrap up a couple of things oh, that we talked God. about, yeah, or maybe some things that you wanted to get off your chest or say. You know, while you have this <laughs> well, popcorn. that would be pretty big. You got another couple. Of- oh yeah, we need a <laughs> need to be more memory space on the computer. <laughs> no, seriously. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'm hoping to have many more conversations with you, number six. Absolutely, um, I would love that. Uh, it is so. It is what a joy to be able to uh, speak with someone like yourself who who has depth, who gets it. And uh, just wow! I mean, really, I, mean, I had to put words to that. Oh, it took a while to get um, here, though. You know, that we all go through well, our processes, and I wouldn't be here if it weren't for people that helped me get here mentally. You know, just of provoking thought and, and questions and other things. You know, my my dad was a big hand in that. So shout out to him if he's listening. And just you know, maybe that's the cyclical connection, that symbiotic relationship that we talk about with one another, that synergy. Um, I have a friend that calls it, you know, uh, kindred spirits, but it, it's that. just, yeah, but it, it's, it's, it's all something too, where like, if I wasn't drawn to that, if I was, if I didn't accept that direction, if, if I didn't accept the truth of what I was being told and I just wanted to take the blue pill and just live that life where I can just punch in and out I can just walk in and out of the store and not care or walk past my fellow yeah. man suffering and not care. I, maybe, yeah, maybe I'd be a little bit happier but I wouldn't be doing what I'm meant to do. I would venture to say, no, you would not be happier. You would think maybe. Yeah. That no, maybe, yeah, no, maybe. that's very, that's very true. But, very true. Uh, so I want my, my new pursuit. And actually I wrote it to the board, to, uh, to the water boy of the, uh, border bar overseers there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that, you know, my license, my bar card doesn't define who I am. I don't know. And they still, you know, after all this time, those uh, pathetic wipes just still don't get it. But that's okay. But here's what I did say. That maybe they would like to enroll in my future forum where, I, where I'll be helping uh, non-lawyers understand the system. Yeah. Because it is supposed to be meant for people to understand the system, not the legalese that has that you see, and that people do have more power. They really do, but it takes time and effort. I know it's hard, yes, but it can be done. And uh, knowledge is power. Well, it's it's. It's probably not going to be easy, folks. Like what Lisa brought up there, and I've talked about it too on the show. Where it's just, it's not going to be easy, but maybe it's not supposed to be. But you know, it is. It is your role to play, and 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 part of that too is just like when you talked about you know who you're dealing with, um, <laughs> in in those cases. That yeah, I mean, if by by just that act of speaking up. And what actually defines you? Yeah, it's it's not the certificates that the state or institutions award you. It, it's really the effect of the people around you that you feel. It's it's something intangible. It they can't give you an, a, a gold plaque or an or something or an award to put on your mantle that's ever gonna like you said before replace those intangible moments. Those those moments that can't have a price to them. So your spirit is one of those moments too. You know, it's it, it's it's something that 
accompanies the the moments and the memories that are out there. And it's why I'm so glad that we got to have this conversation because I believe a lot of this too just isn't for, and, and I want it to be for action. I want it to be for good, but also preservation uh, for history. So people can look to these type of things to find a direction. And one of the things that you brought up to me was um, the act of self-representation or pro se in court. Mm-hmm. And how powerful that can be for to for change, because instead of relying on lawyers that are part of groups, that are part of boards, that are part of other things where they have to behave a certain way politically, that they don't even want to take certain cases or they'll take them begrudgingly and they'll sell their clients out to the system. I waive your rights because, no, 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 you don't want to bring up that issue because, you know. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> even if it's, a, and I'm not talking about piddly ones, I'm talking about, you know. Many, many valid, big-time issues just because they don't want to appear, you know, because they know the judge may not like it, even if it's not right. They don't want to upset the apple cart. Yeah, they're too too afraid. Just one more digression there. You're fine. For example, uh, J6, Mm -hmm. yes, it's not okay to waive your client's speedy right trial. I'm just saying. Yeah. Oh, the, the people there, the way that they've been mistreated too. And I, I've said it for uh, many months on the show as well in regards to January 6th, that it, it wasn't an insurrection. It was entrapment. It was it was something that put people in a position where they were trapped and there to be political prisoners and be made examples of. And See, I think that that's what's that happening to those so people. It's disgusting, though. Yes. How did you even come up with the word insurrection? This false narrative, big yeah. go. Yeah. Snap out of it. Even if they ran in there with like you know, triangle hats and muskets, right? <laughs> like it oh just still would have been. Oh, stop. stop such a stop crazy thing. I know. I know. So- uh, so I'm sorry. <laughs> especially no, and especially when people have been victimized too. And it was the people on our side, quote unquote. It was somebody like Ashley Babbitt too, just murdered in cold blood in front of other no. people and officers that were standing there armed. Like she was some sort of threat that there were armed officers directly to her right, which also could have been hit by the gunfire had the gunfire not been like pretty pretty on target from a person that apparently didn't even know what the hell they were supposed to be doing with a well, gun. There are many, many videos out there. Yes. Uh, from firsthand. I've watched it from so many citizen, different angles. Yeah. Just that poor woman. Okay. Yeah. Um, that, by the way, defense counsel should be ashamed of themselves for not using that. Please stop it. Stop. You know, I understand the 1400 hours, 14,000 hours, whatever it is, right? Yeah. We're, I know we're supposed to be entitled to it, but guess what? They're not going to do it. If you think they're going to. Somehow, because the law says this, that, that they're going to do it. No, they're not going to do it. We've got to be deal with what the cards are dealt. Oh, all right. Yeah. We've got lots of information, lots of first-hand evidence out there. Use that, but they're not doing it. And it's driving me. Well, it makes me think, too. It's like, all right. So, Ashley Babbitt, obviously a, a pretty widely reported case, at least in our circles, right? Who the hell is representing her husband? And what are, what are they really doing? Like I'm yeah, not well, I'm not gonna you know say anything when there. I don't know. Wait a minute, something happened there. Really? Because there was, and then then the attorney withdrew. No, so okay. Some, all right. So yes, they need proper representation too. Yeah. And but but here's the thing: people have to realize that. See, if people started taking more control over things that are happening in court 
uh, it would be a whole different ball game because then they would be able, you would be breaking up that you know uh, little networking that hidden little show thing. Yeah. Um, by so let's say this, even You're if busting even the scheme, if, basically, yeah, right. So even if you say you want to have the attorney, right? Because I mean, don't get me wrong. I I like having. I would prefer to have someone, you know, be able to argue for me because it's hard when it's a personal thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Do I want to be my own representation? No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but when when you have your eyes opened up and when you know the game, then you have more control over your situation that you'll be able to say to your lawyer, wait a minute, no, 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 don't blow smoke here. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Even that is a is a is a powerful step to be able to know exactly what your lawyer's supposed to do for you and not just act on blind faith. That in of itself could be very powerful. Oh yeah. I think the blind faith has gotten us into a quite of a pickle <laughs> in modern society. That you just can't take things at face value like that anymore, and um, right, and you know how you know how the, those dirty dogs like pickles. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, and on, on that note, you know, just one, one thing um, I, I did add um, Vincent's uh, book, you know, to this week's source list. So I'm gonna make sure that people can see that thank too. You. Um, and thank oh you for gosh, reading from that. What a guy! Yeah, local, local, local. People need to understand. Let DC implode. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Get away from this federal centralization. Oh, that's so beautifully put. Yeah. It, it needs to be like all forms of change. You know, when we talk about anything, how we want roads to be built or, or what, how we want, you know, lo local farms to be able to function, all that stuff. We need to take that out of the hands of the federal government that has, uh, and like we've shown here during the, all of what Lisa spoke about too. Like if you think that, that these same entities that we're, t that we've talked about in our conversation, you know, with Lisa here today, if you think that, that there isn't no bleed over that there is, there isn't no, like, Oh, it's just happening in this one aspect of the court system or life that no, that, that type of corruption is all around us. And, and nationwide, by the way. And, yes, absolutely, and nationwide. Doesn't matter what state you're, which state you're in, doesn't matter state court, federal court. But when we talk about a nation and we talk about a collective and all of us having to deal with these issues, the best method that I can come up with, and something that's been passed down, you know, to me from many different people, and you know, people like Ron Paul, people like Tony Arterburn talk about, people that like our friend Gar Goldsmith talks about. It's all about taking the power back individually and then from there moving on to make those impacts you know, to the other individuals around you in your community. And, and that localization aspect of it is what gives you um, a foothold on what's going on because you're actually involved. It just it's better to be actually involved these days. And there's and like we talked about before, not to be redundant, but you know, there's many ways that you can do it. Maybe it's through making music, maybe it's through making films, you know, like the documentary that, you know, I I sort of found out about Lisa through. Uh, but you know, just those types of things. It could be a bunch of different things, but doing something and doing it with the people be around you. And, How about that? Yes, That's even a big step. Yes, absolutely. And being mindful that it's it's it could be happening all around you too. Being mindful of that, that 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 type of corruption is something you can expose just simply by saying, "Oh, that doesn't make sense." 
or, or why is that why is that happening to that person? Why did they come to that decision? You know, or why is the news like just when we read through that news article, like why are they why are they using those phrases? Why are they or use even, those choice of words? Or even handling your own family situation, uh, yes. uh, being proactive and and being open, talking talking to one another in your family, so that so that you don't wait. <laughs> till you die, whatever, exactly. and everybody's scrambling, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's really what it boils down to. This whole episode um, is really about family. It's about protecting the family around you, and that, that's that's part of that family too. Is, is the community of people that we all have in our lives. You know, if we could protect them too by taking action against things like this, you know, things like what Lisa and I have been talking about and, and any other aspects of corruption, this, that the this, this sunlight that you bring to that, you know, when you are actually the person that stands up and pulls back that curtain and allows the sunlight to enter the room, somebody oh has God. to stand up. Somebody my has to let it in. Expression. Yes. Somebody my had to let it says, in. Sun, okay, sunlight. Is the best disinfectant. Sure, it is. Absolutely, and, and in science and in life, <laughs> it is really a beautiful disinfectant. And it's also something that we've been given to, even more beautifully, that it's something universal. That the sunlight rains down upon all of us. But maybe, maybe not if you're in Alaska in certain parts of it, you know. But, <laughs> but, but you get the well, point, you know. But I yeah, know. but sometimes, and, 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 and why we ex- why we even exist is from that too. We are all birthed. We are all given the 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 gift of life from that light. So to de- to deny that light, who are you to de- de- not deny that light to other people? You know, give it to other people. Let the light pass through, even if it has to pass through you and your life while you stand here on Earth. It will reach other people. It will grow other things. It will make other life. And who are you to what? stand up in between it? It's, you know what I just thought of? You made me think of? What's that? Number six. You just made me think of. It's almost like, I know it's not Christmas and whatever. No, it's okay. But it's like the Grinch that stole Christmas, you know? Yeah. And it, at, at the point where his heart grew, what, yes. 10 times? He needed the empathy. <laughs> he needed to see the harm that he's done. He needed to be turned to look and say, look, look what you've done. And they still they still prosper. They still gather. They still celebrate even despite of you. And and that can turn people to say, oh man, then maybe what I've done is wrong. If there's that much unity and there's that much good and there's that more collective will in people to not be put down, that maybe I'm the person putting them down. Maybe it's through my inaction. Maybe it's through my direct actions. But that, yeah, absolutely, that can turn people. And, and we've seen it. We, we've seen it in politics. We've seen it in philosophy and other things. We've seen it in religion, where people just, they, they finally observed the thing that they needed to see to turn them in the right direction. It, we always have that road. We always have that and road. Then when, and us. when you give, boy, I'll tell you what, you get so much more in return. Like, I mean, multitude, exponential. Oh, life is it's cyclical, amazing. man. Yeah, that's right? that's the thing about this, too, is just like with us having this conversation and being able to pass it on to other people, the, the good that it's capable of doing in the right hands is just phenomenal. And to even be a part of that is you have to consider that you're a part of something greater and that you're a part of something more meaningful just in that alone. So, 
But thank you for joining us today, Lisa. I had a really good time talking to you, dear. And I, I hope that we get to continue and have more conversations like this in the future. And I also, I, I want to give you time if you want to make any other shout outs before we wrap up to anybody. Or uh, I, I wanted to pull this up, though, that you do have a website as well called thecourtracket.com. Um, and that is yes. also going to be included in this week's source list on Substack and Minds. And make sure to sign up for us on Substack and to sign up for Lisa. And I'm not going to botch it this time of the critical liberty report uh so but um i will switch back to you lisa but anything that Great. you just want to add and follow me on twitter please yes uh my personal account what's my personal account so i don't mess it up <laughs> it's uh what am i i am i think i have it here as lisa s bellinger jd of critical liberty it. report there's a long story behind this okay. but it is t at T-P-C-L-J. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, that's how you have to okay. enter it, too, to find And uh, my official account uh, on, uh, for, th for the uh, critical liberty is the C uh, underscore L underscore okay. report. Okay. C underscore L underscore report. Got it. So, I, and I, you know, it's kind of, you know, I get a Twitter, it's kind of a love-hate relationship, but I'll tell you what, yeah. a lot of great things happen on there. I have met some of the best people, and I think what I love about it is that it really isn't an echo chamber. Yeah. So uh, I think you can still find uh, other people. Yeah. I love the camaraderie, and I love and I and I love the the sparring. So yeah, yeah, well, bring yeah. it on. Oh yeah, yeah. And, That's something uh, too. I, I can't thank you enough, number six, really for. Uh, doing this show with me you really words cannot possibly you know express what a what an incredible time i've had and uh, what a great person you are thank you so much well i appreciate that and one of the things too like when i noticed uh because uh, we ran into each other on twitter and that's how we got yeah, here and then, yeah uh what's up uh oh oh no am i am i still there can you still hear me uh oh we ran into a snag. Did I lose your number six? Oh, no. I'm still here. I'll even <laughs> click. Uh, let me mute and then unmute myself. How about if I unmute myself? Can you hear me now? Uh-oh. Here. I'm going to have to go on a full-on Twitter chat mode. Let me do this. Here. So, let's... Uh, i tell you what. Let's cut it there. And then I'm going to reconnect with Lisa here to tell her what happened maybe oh, a little. Oh, Yeah. So, um... Yeah, let, let's cut it there. And then uh, folks out there listening, thank you very much for tuning in. Definitely check out uh, this week's source list to get in touch with Lisa in all different ways. Uh, but until we meet again, and until we are free, we are the new prisoners. Thank you for listening to the new prisoners. Let us know what you think about this week's topics on our Minds page and Substack. Or leave a comment under our video on BitChute, Odyssey, Rumble, and Brideon. You can also risk being shadow banned, suspended, or permanently banned on Twitter and Instagram with us, or speak freely with us on Gab. Please feel free to share your own sources with us, and remember to share the information we provided you here. You never know what kind of difference it could make. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, email number 6 at protonmail.com. Provide a brief description of the topic or topics that you would like to discuss, and a screener will contact you.
You can always choose to appear anonymously. And you can also donate to The New Prisoners through anchor.fm slash the new prisoner number six slash support. There you can make a monthly donation of 99 cents, 4.99 or 9.99. We also have a subscribe star where you can make a one-time or recurring contribution at subscribestar.com slash the hyphen new hyphen prisoners. Or you could donate US dollars and crypto to us on Mines and Odyssey. All donations go towards studio upgrades to make more content and advertising to spread the word about the show. Every amount is appreciated. Demand answers, not orders. We are the new prisoners. <laughs>